Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Next Lander podcast. I'm Vinny Caravella, joined by Brad Shoemaker. Hi. Hello. Hi. It's me. Talking to a microphone. Trying Uh something new this week. Yeah, we figured we'll do this one. Um, we'll do this one in this week. Alex Navarro, how are you feeling for trying this out? This kind of not live, but live to tape. I've been telling you, man, this is this is a wild fucking hair up your ass you got here. Like, I do not. This this is not going to work. No one's going to want to listen to a podcast that's recorded the week that it's posted. We'll try and keep up. I mean, there's a lot of news and video game stuff uh, to to keep up with, but. You know, people like that fresh, young energy, they, um, and that's why they come to Nextlander for that fresh, hip, young, virile. <laughs> no, keep it going. Here's, here's keep it going. <laughs> that's us, uh, folks. We were on a, a bit of a break last week. They may have caught our year in review, or most uh, three two quarter, thirds of the year. Yeah, two so thirds of a year in review, eightish months in review. Um, and now we are back to see what has changed. Throw it all away. Scrap whatever we said last time because there are new games coming out constantly. But before we get to that, we are going to get to Splatoon, Splatoon three, uh, the Tomorrow Children, Cult of the Lamb. Tiny Kin, yeah, a little Elden Ring checking, and a ton of news later on. But before we get to that, Brad and Alex, how was your uh, how was your time away? <laughs> I'm waiting for you to go first. I want to see. You. I want you to go. I was waiting for. I talked about it so much on the Ramblecast already that I don't feel like That's I should true. say anything else. That's true. If you want to catch up on the ins and outs of Linux and the move from BSD to Linux or free mm-hmm. BSD in particular, yes. we have a podcast for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see if I can um, uh, recap the the major I've, points. I've, if you, I'll I'll just say real fast before you start. I've been afraid to look at the Discord since that episode went up. <laughs> just afraid it's a lot of people going. I why why are we listening to this? No, nope, I, was, I, I saw a lot of people talking about running and how much cardio is a pain mm. in the butt. Okay. Uh, uh, the UDev stuff, mounting drives was a pain uh-huh. in the neck. Yes, uh, getting your getting your uh, your yes. ZFS pool mounted. Mm-hmm. Um, ZFS not particularly native to Linux, but supported in Linux now through yes. some some workarounds. Yes, the tooling not nearly as well integrated. Turns out. Uh, and let's see, got to do rule of threes here. Uh, the third one being you really like your uh, what is it? Pi KVM. It's working. Yes, out the Pi KVM worth its weight in gold. There you go, in gold. Mm-hmm. Let's say. Uh, and Alex cleaned hang, up. Hang on. Oh, hang yeah. on. Should I go look up the price of gold? <laughs> I mean, say, I'm going to guess before you look it up, I'm going to guess 17 right now, probably $1,800 an ounce. Ooh, that's I'm, a lot. Okay. Almost. Yeah. It's a little over 17. Okay. Okay. Price is right. Rules. You lose. I did lose. Yeah. I did lose. I was going to bet that, $1. Does that mean I get the gold? <laughs> yeah. You get an ounce of gold. Oh, Congratulations. Shit. I did go for the metal case on that thing. I bet it's probably... At least a couple of pounds. Uh, oh, pound geez. And a half. Oh, mm. that's a lot. Then that's mm. okay. that's a lot. Maybe not quite worth it. Pretty sure you could buy a super micro board with IPMI uh-huh. for. I could. I could do it. I could get a. I could get a forty-two U rack for. <laughs> yeah, with filled several, in. Yeah. With several, you a forty-two U rack with several five digits of money left over. Uh, you could populate that rack with uh-huh. some computers. Uh, Alex, you mm-hmm. cleaned up your office space, rewired, and there's a fine picture of your uh, mask shelf floating around yes, out there. Yes, there is. It's on, your, the, your it's on our, our Patreon. And uh, 
Yeah, no, I, I spent a lot of time just like tidying up my space and also just fucking relaxing. And let me tell you, it wasn't bad. Maxing and relaxing or just relaxing? I don't know that I was maxing. I was kind of spreading my stats around, but I feel like all of them contributed to the rest stat, which is all I was really looking for. Chilling out, maxing, relaxing, all cool. Yeah, I mean, I I was not shooting any people outside of the school, though. And, (laughs) you know, a couple of guys that were up to no good did not come up to me and start making trouble in my neighborhood. All right. Okay. That's good. Um, Dude, not to just hijack every conversation we have this week. But I also have been doing some rewiring with my audio setup. Finny, do you know anything about balanced versus unbalanced? Hell yeah. Audio? Who, does? God damn it. Who doesn't want to do balanced versus Why? Unbalanced. This is an infinite fucking rabbit hole. It never ends. That's it audio never in general. It, oh my God, man. I think I hate audio. Yeah, it uh, sucks. I audio just yesterday, is a pain in the butt. I just became acquainted with the concept of, of balanced inputs yesterday. Okay, are you sw- going to switch everything to balanced? Uh, I think I also I also just became aware of TS and TRS connectors yesterday. What? Come on! Which, no, I mean, you I know, did not. I know what they are. I know you know it's it's a quarter oh. inch plug. Did you become aware I'd, of the I'd, problems of having the wrong one? Right. I had never I never heard those terms mm. and, and what they corresponded to. I mean, they're just giant sleeve. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Or or what is the second R in TRRS when you've got ring ring. I guess maybe two rings. I guess. Double ring. Ring twice. Uh, ring twice yeah. for microphone. Yeah, we don't have to spend a ton of time on it. I was just experimenting with running different things into other things yeah. in my audio setup. One of those was running this mix amp into the Motu just to see what would happen. Mm-hmm. I was using a song that had a lot of guitar in it. Mm-hmm. And you lost it? So the rhythm part, the rhythm guitar, which is barely detectable in the recording I was uh-huh. using was all that was there. It was the weirdest thing. I was like, what is, I thought it was like some kind of frequency cutoff thing or something. And that was with an XLR or that was with a, a, no, it was like a quarter inch adapter to to three and a half millimeter. Okay. Into the Motu, into, I mean, it was, it was, I I, I was running several things. I kind of assumed it was a bad idea, but I just wanted to see what would happen. And then, but what happened like blew my mind because I was like, (laughs) the lead guitar part is just gone from this song. Hmm. I can hear everything underneath it just fine. I wonder if that was, a panning thing if it's panned hard it's, left or right or so it's something about the phasing on the okay sure phasing stuff some, is wild i talked to some audio people you know i'm obviously familiar with like inverting a waveform and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing but yeah like i the little bit i understood talking to a couple people that understand this stuff like parts of the inputs are phased from other parts of the inputs and mm-hmm. something something that just canceled literally just canceled out the guitar part is fucking we, weird. Wild. There was a thing where uh, I got an XLR cable that was wired incorrectly, um, and the pins were reversed, and it should have been working fine. And stuff was bouncing on meters, but I couldn't hear it because it was phase, it was can't phase canceling. Amazing, and the, and it was literally the meters were going, but I couldn't hear audio coming out of the speaker. It's, it's um, almost like engineering audio and video is like a whole job unto itself. <laughs> it's it and was one that wild. is frequently done poorly. I might add. Uh, I do not believe I wired it incorrectly. So no, I'm not saying right. you did anything wrong. I'm not saying you're yeah. one of the bad sound guys out there. I'm just saying there are a whole I lot of people out there. I am a bad sound guy out there, but... There are a whole lot of people out there who make their hay as sound people that do n- are not qualified to be sound people. I feel like I've said it a lot. I will say it again, because it is an appropriate time to say it. People will suffer bad video before they will suffer bad audio. True. Mm-hmm. You, it's, just, it's just the way of the world. Extremely true. Uh, audio stuff continues to be a nightmare. Digital did not fix. It's not getting better. 
Digital fixed a lot of video problems. Digital did not fix a lot of audio problems. If anything, my, it added more. Sometimes. Because you get a lot more sync stuff, I feel like, now with digital audio stuff, uh, which also becomes a problem. Uh, should we just get into it then? Yeah, let's we, just get uh, into uh, it. We're the other back, stuff, baby. The stuff that I didn't talk about on the Ramblecast, and I feel like, Alex, some of the stuff we, we kind of danced around in YouTube, Brad, what were the games we were playing. And we're going to mm-hmm. get to some of that stuff um, now. Because that podcast isn't for that, man. Never touch a game in the Ramblecast, so let it Never be. Never touch a ramble in the games cast. I, you know, listen, we ramble a little bit here. Hey, as, a, as an owner of the company, I say we talk about whatever the fuck we want. Damn. Wow. Damn. Look at this. Look at Maverick over here. You got an activist investor over here. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Just running, running wild. Uh, so we get into the video games? Hell yes. Sure. Let's sure. do it. Let's do it. Because I played some and I enjoyed some over this break. I uh, I also played some one I didn't play but just played recently that but it came out during the break was Splatoon the third yes Splatoon the third dude what now, is with the late title card in that game <laughs> it is a little it. late it's it's, I, it's in the story mode it. it's after the first few levels it's the font treatment that really got me there's something really severe about mm-hmm. the font treatment on the late title card in that game that seems so at odds. With every single other vibe and aesthetic in Splatoon. Kind of has that, like, the Martian movie poster kind of vibe yeah. to it. Sure. Yes. There's something very severe about the whole thing. It is. Yeah. And then, and then I, you guys were talking about this before we started, so I know we're going to address it, so I'll just mention now. Then I went into the log for the... God, what do they call it? It's like collectibles, right? It's mm-hmm. like a lore, it's a, it's a lore dump section of the menu when you're in the single-player story mode. And, like, the first entry is entitled The Fall of Humanity. Yes. Yeah, and it's all encrypted. And, yes, I can't... Do you get to read that stuff later? Because currently... Yeah, I, yes. I, I've got two it pages decrypts. of it decoded now. Okay, because, like, I... I mean, was this part of the Splatoon backstory? Like, is this our future yes. and humanity is dead and the world flooded? This is, is this water world? This has been the lore, man. Okay, like, I don't... I, so here's, here's the wild huh. shit that I did not quite entirely realize until, like, playing this game made me look deeper into the wiki. Uh... Judd, the cat, who is sort of like the judge of yeah. all the multiplayer stuff and also is just kind of floating in the background of stuff. He's 12,000 years old. Oh, oh of course okay. he is. Yeah. So okay. don't, don't worry. He's, he's, yes, he's, he's not actually six years old. He's yeah, he's 12, a 12,000-year-old cat. And there's a big gap between when humanity goes bye-bye uh, and when the squid teens and the octolings kind of gain sentience. Uh, but Judd was apparently around for all of that, and I don't oh, really okay. know what any of ha- like. I still don't really know what happened during that period. But yes, humanity is long dead; has been dead for a long, long, long time. This game's key art on the menu, and probably in the promotional material, but I wasn't really paying that much attention. Uh, has just the Eiffel Tower upside down, mm-hmm. in you know, like buried upside down. So stuff stuff has happened. Uh, and they you touch do- on that stuff even like Splatoon 1, but they got like, I think I got a lot more buck wild with it in Splatoon 2. So in those logs, it's explicit. It yeah. goes through what happened uh, and, you know, what, where humanity, at least what I'm up to, where humanity was and why the things you're encountering, some in the Splatoon levels are there. It's, um, do, it's, do they- are you talking about like the weird virus that's everywhere? No, it's just kind of like the, um, the fuzzy the, virus. Uh, <laughs> Do no, into, the, I haven't gotten get, to that yet. It might, though. Do they get into how mollusks inherited the Earth? Uh, I 
I think we're getting there in the stuff I'm unlocking. I just got to the part where uh, there, there's a little mixing of the scientists and the ocean parts. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, I'll leave that for other people to discover. It did go into like why there are um, the was it like the heads, the the Moai heads, uh, yeah, Easter Island head stuff like around and stuff. Uh, why there are so many of them uh, around? Can I, can I before we get too deep in? Like Alex, you played a good amount of two, right? Yeah, I played a lot more of one than I did two, but I still played I, like I think something around twenty five hours of two. Okay. So I I played two. It's just been a while, and I can't remember. Did it ship with a story mode, or was that something they added through DLC? I'm pretty sure it shipped with one. Okay, I remember it shipping with one. So my journey with three was up until a, that late title card. I was pretty angry. I mean, I'm not a big Splatoon fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I found that them retreading that entire one and two story mode again for the third time with the spark fish and the whole thing too much. And I don't know how far I was going to make it into until it changes gears a little bit. And I think this is maybe the best story mode that Splatoon has had, uh, out of the two that have been released and maybe not the dlc hang on to the first one have the story mode yes they all had yeah. them they're, they're, all, all, they're all essentially tutorials for the yeah. mechanics but they're yeah. training but, modes okay. yeah maybe that's why i just didn't play much of them because like to me one especially but this whole series is basically just a multiplayer series it primarily so I, is but like the the single player has always been a way to a introduce you to the mechanics and b just build out interesting puzzle around those mechanics so this one, I feel like, is a with the addition of the codex stuff, the lore stuff you're finding. The um, there's an upgrade system in here, which I don't remember if one or two had it, but they you're didn't. Ba- so you're basically dumping points and unlocking uh, upgrades for your squid kid. And the challenges seem much more than weapon tutorials in this one. The, the challenges are fun. I, I'm really enjoying yeah. the different challenges. I mean, the challenges I think were fun in one and two also. It's just that they weren't, I feel like they weren't quite as varied as, at least from what I played. I have not gotten that deep into the story challenges here, but what I've played feels like there's a pretty good variety right from the jump. Yeah. There was one I was just doing uh, this morning that was, you know, they call it dance party or something, but you just have to jump over waves of, um, it felt like a fusion frenzy level. You're mm-hmm. just jumping over waves of things that could kill you. When you say challenges, are you talking about the stuff in the discrete levels yes. or like challenges that persist across levels? Well, there are also things that like there's one that is literally there's one level that is just you dumping paint over a Moai head until that thing yes. is is sure. completely painted. You know, like yeah, yeah. What, what I mean, though, is like, it's, not, it's not like weapon challenges in a Call of Duty is what I mean. Like they don't no. have those. Right? OK, because I hadn't seen it. There are they, levels that are focused around specific weapons, but right. it isn't like if like they just give you that weapon and say, hey, you should go do this. Yeah. Well, the reason I ask is because when I went to the multiplayer weapon store for the first time, they were like, hey, you can earn what is the little licenses you spend to get more weapons. Yeah, the tickets. Like, like there, there, and this is, I assume this is a long time Splatoon thing. It's been a while, but there they were like, you can earn more of these just by using the weapons a lot. So that made me wonder if there were like weapon challenges, but. I I don't play the multiplayer that much, okay. Okay. so. You're, See, you're just talking about the level objectives. I and guess. I do think it's really funny that we started our <laughs> Splatoon 3 conversation just talking about the lore and the single player because that is not how the majority... I mean, everyone plays uh-huh. the single player, but that is not the thing most people stick to. I mean, I was kind of surprised by it, too. Like, once you get through that first little tutorial area and drop down underground and realize, like, oh, this is, like, pretty expansive and thought out. Like, Yeah, new characters kinda, and... They do kind of drop it all on you at once, you know, here's... 
here's the lore thing you're going to unlock. Here's the kind of skill tree you're going to unlock. Here are the six islands you're going to go to. You guys, tell me you guys are not. So you mentioned it before, but there's this virus which makes things appear hairy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that's some a, a little bit because they said the... Um, what are the bad guys called? They're not there's octolings. the octolings, but there's but, also there's another enemy type in this game. I think there's like an octa. Well, what, like the octolings are the tentacles out of the turrets as well. Yeah, any any of the enemies that are that look like octopuses are octolings. And who's the DJ then? He's the head he's of the octolings. One of, he's like one of the lead octolings. Okay, I think he's, I think he's the head one. I think so. I, yeah, I think you're right. So there's some um, there's some back and forth there. Where the one year guy, the person you're working for, the the um, puffer fish or I forget what he is. What's the the sage the the eight the head of the, the old guy? Yeah, the old the, guy, the master Roshi looking guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, he's uh, he says, oh, there's they're there's they're hairier than I remember. And I was like, man, the power of the switch is not letting me see these hairy. <laughs> yeah, uh, the hair is more suggested <laughs> than anything else. It's kind of like my hairline. Are we talking about mammals returning? Like, how are you not? How is that not super interesting in this world? It is, but also, like, I haven't gotten far enough in to know if that's what they're doing. But yeah, I don't care anything about the multiplayer. I need to know: is this the return of of a? Am I going to be seeing a rat show up uh, against these squid kids and octolings? Because the the DLC for one of them had had this another faction, right? Or it was like octolings were, um. There were squid kids and there was like a, a calamari something or was there something else? You might be right about that. Again, it's been a long time <laughs> it's since been a I while. put it up okay. two, but yeah. yeah. Anyway, I think this story stuff, I was all ready to, to put this down, do my time in the tutorial, do my time in the multiplayer, put it down, but I could not stop playing the single player to kind of fill out that codex and you kind of have this very satisfying clean up the virus mechanic, which I mm-hmm. also like. Any game where you're doing that, Change and things from black and white to guy. color. There's yeah. a little idiot guy on your back that yeah. you can just throw at stuff like a Small grenade. Small fry or whatever they yeah. call him. Uh, yeah, you have a little friend in your Mad Max apocalypse world kind of thing. Anyway, that's kind of the single player. I'm really digging it uh, on the single player. Have you tried the multiplayer? It's interesting. So I, I, I split my time pretty evenly. I, I did play some multiplayer, so I haven't gotten super deep into the single player. But yeah, like the, the per level challenges, the just kind of here's a bunch of objectives. Mm-hmm. get in here and do this stuff like my only complaint about those things is that the checkpointing is a little brutal mm. especially for how easy it is to swim right off the edge of some of those levels in the single player yes and the load times are and not super great going in and out of the yeah, kettle like you, you can it's not i mean you're never gonna lose more than like five-ish minutes of progress but no. like still yeah like falling off the edge <laughs> that should really count as a we're gonna reset you all the way back to the checkpoint it's it's good you mentioned the load times. I, I feel like this game does not run 100% great all the time. Well, it, uh, it's weird because it runs at like a very obvious 30 or less in a lot of like cutscenes and kind of social areas. And yeah, and the social hub is bad. Like the like, frame rate there is bad. Yeah, it, it's weird when you drop into, what is it, Alterna, I think is the name of the underground yeah, yeah. area where most of the story takes place. Like when you're down there getting introduced to it in a cutscene, it's running at 30 <laughs> And the camera doesn't even cut away. It's literally the same shot of the area. As soon as you gain control, it just like snaps to 60 FPS. It's like weird. It feels like there's just some performance compromises happening in there that maybe they'll patch at some point. I don't know. Like none of it is like game breaking. And very, in fact, gameplay, rarely I saw much of anything. It's oh, yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. It's like kind I, of it just in those side areas. To be clear, like every bit of every mode that I have played where you actually need to play and like have fast reaction times and stuff yeah. runs totally fine. 
there is some stuff in the over map in Alterna, which is annoying, but it's just draw distance stuff because there mm-hmm. are some things you're looking for. Like if you're looking at the tea kettles to see which ones you've done already, they usually have a little disc over them, but they yeah. won't draw in until you're close enough. And sometimes when you're looking for stuff you haven't done, but that's again, that's kind of n- not that big a deal for me. But uh, yeah, but tell me about this multiplayer that's supposedly in the game. It's multiplayer. Like, it's <laughs> Splatoon multiplayer. They I, they, they yeah. have not radically changed the multiplayer. I, I, I have never played enough of the previous few games to say what is different here, but it sure does seem like that. It's new maps, and it's also a collection of some of the older maps, and yeah. they've, mm. they've changed the scheduling, obviously, on the Salmon Run stuff, where you can do it anytime you want with a group. I think they've made some some efforts to simplify the act of playing with your friends online. Okay. Uh, but beyond that, like the mechanics of the multiplayer, like other than adding a bunch of new weapons and specials, it's pretty much that game. Is the umbrella new? The umbrella? I don't think the umbrella. I think the umbrella was in two. I think the squeegee is new. Okay. I didn't get the squeegee yet. I got the. There's a handful of weapon types that are new. Okay. What was it always the case that you could not customize your hair color? <laughs> I don't remember. I think your color mimics the ink, doesn't it? It, it does. Well, that's, that's the thing. Yes, in multiplayer, it does change. It does. So I've had it change like three different times coming out of yeah. multiplayer matches. Like, yeah. like it was pink at one point because we had had pink ink on the yeah. last match. And then it turned brown later. <laughs> my, what did it default to in the character creator for you, though? Because mine blonde was like plat- platinum blonde. Yeah, me too. And that's what it keeps going back to. And that's not what I want. <laughs> Yeah, it's not what I would have picked either, but like also I'm not sure it, it selected the haircut that I wanted either. So mm. I'm kind of just whatever. Like, like I, I don't really care that much. I don't care that much about the avatar, really. Oh man, that's like half the reason to play that game is to unlock cosmetics because the, the thing is nothing but fashion. But that's the thing, is that you're unlocking the gear. Like the actual mm. avatar doesn't matter because it's just it's really just yeah. a mannequin for the gear. I guess I guess if you're gonna get enough like headgear and hats and stuff, the hair doesn't matter so much. Uh so the the multiplayer, which I suspected, it's it's pretty similar. It's yeah. very similar, but it it seems to mostly work well. Is the thing like and and the the day it launched, I remember I got dropped from a couple of matches, but since then I have not had any issue other than the fact that people got good at that game real fast, and now I am not uh, having as good a time yes, online as I was initially. Definitely the case. I did not get a single kill my first match at all. I did have a drop connection once this morning. Mm. Okay, but it it seems pretty stable. You guys use the motion control for aiming? Yes. Yeah, I'm still trying to make myself do it as much okay. as my brain is fighting it. It's I the only it game off. I like, like it in. It it feels like I should meet it on its terms, I guess. Pro controller? Yeah. Pro yeah. controller motion yeah, I have, control. I have not I have not played handheld yet. Uh I uh I turned it I started with it on. I guess that's what you can also import your Splatoon 2 stuff, which is kind of neat. Uh, Wait, if what? you have a save, if you, well, have, a if you save, have a save, it yeah. detects it and it gives you a couple of like bonus tickets if you have yeah. a Splatoon 2 save. Oh, I do. I wonder what happened there. Yeah, it mine hmm. sniffed it uh, on launch. It, it wasn't yeah, even a too. menu thing. It was just when Weird. I booted up the game. Uh yeah, so that was I think it might have brought in some of my settings as well. I'm not sure, but it had the motion controls by default. Which I think that's always on by default. Okay. Uh but I tried for a while and then was like, man, I'm like laying down playing this. I'm going to just use the analog stick. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't have to sit up, sit up like a adult, like a dope, like a dope. Uh, so, yeah, if you're wondering where my mediocre love of I enjoy what Splatoon represents and I like the aesthetic and I have somewhat enjoyed the music, though I don't love it as much as other people do. 
I am really enjoying the single player part of this mm-hmm. game. But keep in mind, I play Street Fighter for the single player story mode. Mm-hmm. I play Mortal Kombat for the single player story mode. You watch porno I, for the story. I watch porno and read porno just for the stories. And uh, when I uh, used to get Call of Duty, it was mostly for the single player. So if that tells you anything about how you might relate to this, it is... I don't really care that much about the competitive part. I don't want to put you on the spot here, but yeah. I just would like you to clarify one comment there. Yeah, which porn? What do you think Splatoon represents, and why do you like it? Uh, I like. The, I think it's a really accessible uh, team-based shooter. I there think it go. is. Okay. I, th- I think like it's something I can give my kids mm-hmm. to go play, and I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's quirky. I think the the art style is really neat. Um, that's that's kind of what. Fair it, like, yeah, in a, it's, it's it's a neat thing. Yeah. Like, uh, and I'm glad they added that the, they fleshed out more of the co-op stuff, the salmon run stuff, because that's yeah. where I would put my time. Like uh, 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 setting aside how much it has or has not clicked with me over the years, just like the idea that Nintendo made a team-based shooter, yeah, in a very in a very Nintendo-like fashion, right? Like in a yes. way that does not involve killing people or even hurting them. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's definitely it's, it's, it's that, and it's also Nintendo refusing to learn certain lessons from every other online multiplayer shooter. So yes, it is a very Nintendo <laughs> yes, multiplayer yes, game that way. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. For, for good and ill. Yes. Are they still gating the maps? Yeah. It's still two like maps by time, per hour. Yes. Yes. You can straight up still pull up a schedule of like, well, between nine and 11 AM, I guess these are the two maps I've got. See, I originally thought that was because there, I, uh, I'm again, I'm not a big multiplayer person, but I, when they first did that, I thought, oh, they probably just want to make sure there are enough players at all times on the map. Well, and also there was also something like six to eight maps or something in the original launch Splatoon 1. So, But now Splatoon's super popular. I assume those maps would be populated no matter what. But maybe, maybe they just want to make sure everybody's playing the same maps. I don't know. It could also, also just be literally that's been the design all along <laughs> and they don't want to change it. I, I need to say that three minutes is a pretty damn good length for those matches. Mm. Absolutely. Like, like three, that, just a little bite size, just get in there and do the thing. And like, before you even have a chance to get bored of what's going on, like it's over. Yep. Yeah. So I, I like all of that stuff. I just don't really enjoy playing it that much. I'm, I am not that good at it. B. I, I also like the territory control aspect of it. The, yeah. the kind of put your, that's the best down. part. Yeah, like the that, splatting yeah. is almost secondary to the ink, you know, covering. Yeah, you start getting into some. I mean, this is very old hat for anybody who's hardcore about Splatoon, but like some strategic stuff with the laying down ink, you know, creating escape routes for yourself and yeah. doubling back because you know you heal faster in swim mode when you're in ink and stuff and like I'll that. Say, so I'll, I'll say it again, over and over and over again: ink your territory, ink your base. Don't <laughs> Somebody, leave your base so, oh, uninked. Actually, I mean, this is also if for when we stream it we should look at this but actually like okay my actual favorite part of this game is that the meverse lives on in the hub yes like the drawings there the sketch art yeah like i have seen i have gone around and hell yeah so many drawings in that area like there's so much amazing shit in there and then the, the very last one i saw right before i came in here was like a crying illustration that just says i want a stylus uh, I'm like, I get it. I get it. You should get one of those capacitive styluses. It would that, probably work. That is a truly magical and weird thing because, you know, the Miiverse, for everyone who had a Wii U, like, was a relatively weird and interesting thing. But Splatoon is really the only game it took off to such a degree <laughs> that, like, they kept it in Splatoon 2 and 3, despite the fact there has not been a Miiverse <laughs> since the Switch launched. It's just like they just they could not imagine that game without people drawing goofy sketches. 
I feel like that's probably a, a fan requested feature that they just couldn't leave out. At that yeah, point. you can't get rid of that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, no, and like so many, but the, the thing that keeps sticking with me is just how good so many of those drawings. I mean, I'm sure you know, obviously, it's like surfacing the ones that have gotten upvoted the most. So of course they're all good, but like I still am just shocked at the level of like artistry people that are people are, using, man. are doing in black and white with their fingertip. Yep. So. Sounds like if you like Splatoon 1 and 2 multiplayer and you want some more of that, that seems to be in here. Or if you're like me and we're, and we're not looking for that, but wanted to know what the hell the lore was in Splatoon, that seems to be some of, or at least some of that in here as well. And that's, um, that's where I'm going to spend a lot of my time, I think. All right. Should we, um, I think, should we take a break? I, we could probably yeah. jump right in here um, quickly. Let me, let me mention Just before ask we- the question. Just- I know you want to ask the question. What is the tomorrow children? Is that the wish question? I, had, I, think I wish so. I had a, I wish I had a better answer for you. Maybe we'll have an answer after the break. Okay. Fine. Find out what the tomorrow children is when we come back. This week's show is brought to you by rocket money. Rad shoemaker, Alex Navarro. I bet you guys have subscriptions. I had a lot of subscriptions. I had too many subscriptions, and at a certain point, I had to drill down. I had to, I had to focus. I had to make sure that I did not have so many subscriptions anymore. You had to take time out of your day. My busy schedule. Your time, which is worth more than anything, to find those subscriptions and cancel. Brad Shoemaker, do you live a subscription lifestyle? I am just a walking monthly bill at this point. <laughs> it's the world we live in. If you need help, boy, guys, I got some uh, I got some news for you. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. It says here that most people think they're spending $80 on their subscriptions, but in reality, the number is closer to 200. My god. What are we even doing? With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. Rocket Money also lets you monitor all your expenses in one place, recommends custom budgets based on your past spending, and they'll even send you notifications when you've reached your spending limits. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. That's rocketmoney.com slash nextlander, rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Thanks, Rocket Money. Brad, what is the Tomorrow Children? Well, Vinny, mm-hmm. I'm glad you asked. I don't know, man. <laughs> I Look, okay, I've gone through the onboarding for this game twice now. Okay. Fought five years apart? Was this 2017? That's maybe 16, but that sounds close to right, if not exactly right. I need, I need to, let me double check. Oh, see, God, it was 16. Jeez. Okay. It's been six years almost to the day. Actually, I think they launched, they relaunched this thing six years to the day. <laughs> September 6, 2016 is when that thing first came out. It if feels you, older than six years ago. Yeah, yeah, yes. You could tell me this is a remake of a PlayStation, weird PlayStation 1 or 2 game, mm, and I would believe if you. It, 
if it's it weren't for if it, if it weren't for the Minecraft inspiration and mm. other kind of survival building stuff that happened well after that, <laughs> I would agree with you. But like the feel of the game and some of the ways that it works, I do understand exactly what you mean. Well, you could tell me uh, that like, oh, you know, if somebody were running around being like Minecraft, 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 and then somebody was like, well, actually. Minecraft is just kind of a ripoff of a little known game called the Tomorrow Children. I <laughs> yeah, okay. If that. you wanted to tell me that the Tomorrow Children is actually the PS2 proto. version of Infiniminer. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. Uh, then, then yes, I could kind of see what you're talking about. It's, what is it's, going on here? Did you did you guys play it at all when it first came out? Not at the time. I played it when it came out. I was like fascinated by it when it came out and tried to get into it and kind of couldn't. I did a little bit. It is a building survival game. It's made by Q Games, uh, Dylan Cuthbert's studio. Um, it's very Soviet-influenced in look and feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a communal labor game. <laughs> very much. It is like a literally, I mean, like whatever. It's like games where you chop down trees and mine stone and ore. Yeah. To build things are a dime a dozen these days. But like this one really leans into the like glory of work aspect of this thing to the extent that when you go buy stuff or go report to the ministry of labor to get your like, you know, consumer goods coupons, you have to get in line. Like if there are other people there waiting to use those things, you straight up have to get in line and just wait, which is amazing in concept. And now having played this game twice in the last decade, maybe not so successful in practice. It's it's also got a weird setup that narratively they say some catastrophe ha- catastrophe happened that pretty much wiped out most of mankind and there's now the void and then which, the squid teams came to yeah. you know take over yes yeah uh, like it's it's a very dreamy feel and kind of justification for everything that sort of defies understanding it's like oh you're a projection you're a clone projection in the void yeah. Trying to like rediscover the memories of humanity. Also, there are these giant kaiju style monsters stomping around outside of our town in the void. These islands yeah. that appear with resources then vanish. Yes. Uh, you need to go find nesting dolls on these islands to turn them into townspeople. But um, eventually, you like- eventually, you'll mine enough resources to build turrets to <laughs> kill those kaiju that are attacking your town. And then they turn, their corpses turn into islands and you can mine those out for more resources. Naturally. Do you feel like the void conceit came about at some point in development and they were, when, like, they, because it looks like a debug environment. The whole thing looks it, like it's taking, do you feel like it came about and be like, we can't like, make all these assets I, for this world? I, I think, I think the game has an amazing look, which is one of the reasons I was so drawn to it the first time it came out. But also at the same time, it does sure seem like a way to help keep performance up by not having to render <laughs> totally. anything. Outside of your town and this flat plane, which uh, to be to be fair has a nice reflection effect on it. But what was the island disintegration? The kind of Thanos snap, uh, um, a particle effect was that in the original one? I think that's how it was. It so, looks pretty good. So, like, I hesitate to just say this. So i'll I'll compare I'll compare this new release. It's the Phoenix edition. We should say the Tomorrow mm-hmm. Children Phoenix edition is the new re-release of this game. I won't compare it to the original release. I'll compare it to my memory of the original release. Okay. I, well, actually, I started to say I haven't looked at them side by side, but you can't. That's the whole reason this is a thing is because Sony put this out originally. And after it was not super popular, they shut it down. Fairly like, soon after, I think. It was within a year or two. Yeah. 
Oh wow, yeah, twenty seven. It was the, the 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 next year after it came out they shut it down, and there was no way to play it. It's a yeah, very like, online game. You connect at the top. Yes, yes. There is no single player. You have to the servers have to be up to play it. So this game was literally just unplayable for the last five years. Uh, and I guess Q, I, th- I assume, got the rights back um, and has has re-released it. And what I was going to say is it's kind of exactly what I remember. Like, I sort of thought it might have evolved or they might have, like, modernized it a little bit in some ways since it came out the first time. But it very much feels and looks and plays exactly like I remember. I almost feel like the play to bring this back had more to do with, like, preservationist yeah. tendencies than anything yes. else. Yeah, if, if if that is the case, that is an incredibly noble goal. And I'm mm-hmm. glad they did it. Um, so, Vinny, it's, you got to the point where you can visit other people's towns. I'm glad to hear. Yeah, I did. Uh, but I couldn't. It, like, the connection kept breaking. When oh, I so would, you never actually did it, right? I, I went to... I went to the station. I'm trying to figure out what this game is, right? So is this really, I mean, is there a single part of, could you, could you feasibly go through this game single player or do you need to visit other towns for resources? Um, Cause I, I, there was one resource I couldn't find in my town or the oh, Island just never kept popping up. Oh, you might be right about that. I was, I had a really hard time finding stone stone. And yeah, maybe, exactly. maybe that's, maybe that's what it is that. And so eventually I was like, I'll go to this, other town but then the connection dropped and then the game was like gave me what's felt like an in-game prompt to say hey a town needs assistance if you do you want to answer the call for assistance and i was like sure yeah i'll go but then i tried like three times to connect and, and it kept dumping me not only did it disconnect it dumps you back out to the main menu it unfortunately has got some issues matching you and other people's towns yeah like once i got the ability to get on the subway and like and again like everything about this thing is like super kind of Soviet feeling and in, in the sense that there's a lot of mass transit that takes you to the place yeah. where you do glorious labor and stuff like that. Um, so there's like a subway, which straight up seems like it's modeled on the Moscow subway uh, that you get on to go to other people's towns. But it took me like six or seven tries to successfully get into another town. Oh, but you did eventually. I did eventually, okay. but it was like, it was a bunch of straight up connection server errors that dropped me back to the title screen. And then also like several instances of like, there are too many residents in this town. You can't ah. come here. And I'm like, but you just put it on the list, the short list of towns that I have mm. to go to. Um, but that is a good way to, if you want to fire it up again, like if you don't think you're going to put the work into it to like really build your town up, just visit to, the other ones to achieve the glory that we, <laughs> we, that we know that we all collectively hey, can achieve. It's not about my uh, glory. It's about yes. our glory. Like you can, if, if you, if you stick it out until it does let you into another town, like you can go see like, oh, these things can get pretty big. Like there's a lot of like monuments and wonders that people can build. And like, you can have a ton of residents in town and like yada, yada, yada. The but, sorting was interesting. I think I forget what the exact name is, but they were sort of, you could sort by like big old towns or towns that yes. have a, enough worker availability. Or, so that was how I kept screwing up was I kept just going to the biggest town I could find because I was like, I want to see what a yeah. fully actualized version of this game looks like. And then it wasn't actually letting me see that. So you do get AI helpers from the dolls that you reintegrate into from the void back into humanity. Right. And they, they kind of stick around your town permanently. Yes. And they'll go out and like fetch stuff occasionally for you, but like you kind of have to go like mine the stuff yourself and then they'll just come and pick some of it up and they'll it's run a, the you know, treadmill. It, it's very much one of these, like you license yourself to get better versions of the tools. You like right. get papers that allow you to have more inventory space, et cetera, et cetera. 
There's combat. I mean, like you said, uh, the the kaiju, yes. but there's also little enemies. Like little I got a enemies. shotgun. Yes. Uh, yeah, you do. You do get little handheld weapons as well. Occasionally, it's a it, strange game. For it's sure. strange. It's a strange game. It does. It does not. Like when you say it's like one of these, it it is very unique. Uh, I don't know if I like it, but I appreciate it. It is. Yeah. Yes. That's kind of exactly where I was at the first time it came out was I was like, I'm fascinated by this. I'm glad it exists. Like it looks and sounds awesome. Yeah. I don't know that I can keep playing it for much longer. That was my exact experience with it. And I like weird and everything, but like this to me always just seemed like inscrutable, even a little bit beyond what I'm willing to tolerate. It's a real slow burn. And like, I, they've got a vibe and they're executing on it, but I kind of wish they had added more just explicit tutorial stuff because you really, really have to kind of like strain to understand what it wants you to do in spots. It starts off uh, like uh, nice and guided, and then as soon as they kind of dump you into your real area, it's it's a little more hands off. Where you're, yeah. you're occasionally getting calls on your radio that feel like you can miss if you move out of the way a little yes. bit. Um, and you For know, sure. uh, you know, eventually I was like, I assume you just want me to chop down trees and go, but I, you know, or build this thing and drop a doll on here, and you know, I, yeah. I just for I, I, the only reason I was able to make it as far as I did was because. I just did the things I assume a video game would want me to do. Gather exactly, the resources and that's build exactly the thing. It. Yeah. Like, uh, yes, there were, there were two or three times between getting my own town and then finally getting the ability to go to other towns, like two or three instances of just, I really don't know what my next objective is. I've done <laughs> yeah. everything that I can do right now. Should I just keep doing those things more? And it turned out the answer was yes. Yeah. Build the generator and right. then make more power. Right. right. Uh, you know, it's like, uh, just keep eat, going and getting more resources. Something eat, will happen eventually. Uh, the resource gathering though, I, the thing that bugged me and almost made me put it down for a bit was, um, you can only, at the beginning, you can only store like four things in your bag. So you like, you, you go to an Island, you pick up like two branches and two apples or something and you're making a run back and it, it feels very limited. In yeah. That yeah. I mean, that, that's sense. where once you, once you have townspeople, you can just kind of run out there and like chop down trees <laughs> and bust up rock and they'll come and pick those up yeah. and drop them off, which helps. But, um, it's, it's a, I, I, interesting. Like, like Alex said, I'm very glad it's back out there. Yeah, it should be. Uh, I thought it was maybe bound for the PC, but this just came back out on PS4. Hmm. I don't. I know thought I remembered there being a PC port too, but I guess I could be wrong about that. I don't know if. <clears throat> let's see. I don't think there are any PC plans announced as of yet. Okay. Seems like it's something something that should be on the PC. But. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. It's, it's neat. It's forty bucks. It's on a, a you know, like PlayStation, obviously. Yeah, I'm. I'm also maybe a little surprised it didn't go free to play for this re-release, <laughs> but that would have required a whole lot of design work. Mm-hmm. Which it doesn't seem like they did a whole lot to this. I don't know. I never played the first one, but it definitely has some UI. That's why I said it feels. It feels earlier. The UI feels earlier. Like the yeah. menus and and the, the way you navigate through, even the way you how you put points in. Uh, I <laughs> yeah, there, there's one other thing about it. I don't know if I really want to get into it too much, but like I said, the aesthetic is overwhelmingly Soviet influenced. Mm-hmm. But yet, the thing that is presented as an aspirational goal is to become bourgeois. <laughs> <laughs> like you literally rank up in that game by yeah. by obtaining like bourgeoisie papers in different towns and stuff and i'm like these two things seem somewhat at odds with each other 
But... I'm not sure that game has any real sense of anything other than a desire to cop some specific aesthetics. You know what so, I mean? So that, that's exactly why I bring it up. And in fact, that's why I hesitated to bring it up because I feel like I am like stupidly missing some meta commentary here about mm -hmm. mashing those things up. But but yes, it also seems like it's possible that it's just yes, like kind of co-opting aesthetics and discarding ideology at the same time. Uh, uh, anyway, I, it's it's still it's fascinating that it exists. It's weird. I think the dolls look a little like um, was it Jigsaw, the mask? Oh, yeah. the little Jigsaw guy sure. on, the, on the tricycle. Yeah. I mean, I, I even I even love the way the 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 human characters look in this. Like they look like they're all like wood carvings yeah. and stuff. It's weird. Like the, the look of it is is fantastic. It's a weird thing. The the Tomorrow Children Phoenix Edition forty dollars. Mm -hmm. Uh, PlayStation 4, you played on PlayStation 5. Uh, came out September 6th. Okay. Let's hit a game that I spent an odd amount of time playing where I thought I was going to spend most of last week playing Elden Ring. I wound up booting up Cult of the Lamb. Me too. And uh, playing through that in, in, a, in a way I wasn't expecting to. Like, I'm almost done with it, I think. I'm, on, you, I'm like most away through that fourth okay uh guys thing it took me um to get there took me longer than i expected uh and the, some of it by design in the game some but i was having some issues with the combat until i started using the demon summoning circle a lot more so mm -hmm. i don't know if you are using that yes but, i am okay you can summon help i did not understand maybe this will help some people who are playing it i thought you sacrifice no, a follower in that demon pit, but you don't. You just the only thing you're sacrificing is that they don't work on anything else right. while you're doing that, and then they return back to a follower. Yeah. when you're done with the run, so it's just a temporary possession. They're still good. <laughs> They're still good. Uh, yeah, I wound up with around hovering around twenty followers the entire time. Uh, pretty much maxed out the tech tree and uh the um. I forget what they call it. The praise. Yeah. The, I have the... all the crown stats, like all uh -huh. the different, like, you know, they, you know, teach your followers about like, you know, the value of food death. and, and labor and death and all that stuff. Like I have all of those now and I have most of the, I have most of like the run bo bonuses, like the ones where you get like better weapons, better spells, better curses, okay. all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The weapon tree. I still have a decent number of buildings I haven't unlocked yet, but okay. so I also that, don't know if I need the ones that are at the top tier at this point because I'm so close to being done. So the kind of nice thing is once you are done with a tree and you can't use your inspiration on stuff, they just, just straight up give you money. Oh, uh, that's they nice. Just, they just give you coins. So I do need I, money. I had thousands of coins by the end. Okay, uh, so I can stop messing with my, my followers and saying, hey, yo, two bucks right now. Give it to me. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, did you learn the uh, uh, tithing ritual? That one also yes. is very good. Uh, so uh, the combat got a little hard for me uh, uh, towards the end because I was also chasing down the witness eyes. I don't know if you've started trying to find those. It's when you rerun a dungeon. The, uh, I've done there's some a quests at the end. where I have gone back to like Darkwood and stuff, but I have not really... Like, I think I went back and beat Leshy again without realizing that's what I was going to end up doing. Because there's a thing that okay. opens up where it's just like, hey, do you want to travel? If they don't tell you where you're traveling. It's like, oh, hey, you're doing this boss fight again. Yeah, if you smash the statue, uh, you'll you'll warp yeah. back to the boss. But if you keep going, at the end of each of those levels is a new boss. Uh, okay. A witness, they call it. And you collect a special thing. And 
uh, XYZ, it's part of a quest. Okay, so, yeah, I keep I keep bouncing out of those levels because all I have to all I have to do when I go there usually is like get a bunch of flowers because right. someone wanted flowers. Oh, I fail those all the time. Yeah. Uh I I really enjoyed it. I think it kind of ended a little abruptly for me. I kind of knew it was coming up, and then once I was done, I kind of just put it down, played a little bit more, uh, but put it down. Uh, the PlayStation version still was a bit buggy, and it mm-hmm. was unfortunate. I, I, you know, I hard locked a couple of times. There were a couple of other minor bugs where I got caught in a dungeon because an enemy was off in the in the void somewhere. That one happened to finish. me on PC where I knocked an enemy out of bounds and I couldn't go kill them. Yeah, I had a couple of things like that bug out. I powered through though uh, to finish it because um, there's a there's a pretty good treadmill in that game. So yeah. I, I think. Uh, I wanted to see it through to the end. There are some choices in that game. I, I'm curious if you make other choices about, um, they give you yes, no choices sometimes along the path. And I'm curious what would happen if I had gone one way or the other, but I did not. I did not. Look it does not seem like it makes a gigantic difference. I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe it just loads you back into something else, but, uh, yeah. yeah. Called the lamb. I think it's, I think it's pretty neat. That's kind of on everything. Sounds like maybe PC, the most stable version. It, it kind of has been since launch. And like I said, like that one bug I had where someone got knocked out of bounds is the first time I've had any like actual level killing issue at all in that game. Fun balance of, uh, I'll say this, having finished it now, fun balance of weapon types, yes. uh, stats and magic. They call them curses, but, uh, a fun, a fun mix and match and the tarot card stuff, the buffs, uh, pretty fun combination for each run where you're just hoping you get your preferred play style, which happened to me a lot. And they, they switch it up during a run enough where you, if you start off with a bad hand or what you feel like is a bad hand by the end, you can kind of tune it to your hand right. more appropriately. So I, I really enjoyed that. I'm still keeping an eye on patches for that thing because yeah. a simulation type game, a management game like that with bugs and the logic is just <laughs> not, no. But it's not the only game I've been looking at patches for. Oh, yeah. What else have you been, oh, what else have you been following? Saints Row. Oh, jeez. Okay. What's the news there? Last, last I looked, I haven't looked in a couple of days, but I, last I saw that game, it got one patch like the day after it came out. Mm-hmm. And I apologize if it's pulled one in the last couple of days and I'm wrong about this, but I have not seen another one come down since. Maybe that was the, maybe and they got it all done. That's right. That was man. That was the one most effective mission accomplished three video games then because knowing the state that that thing launched in and the idea that it hasn't taken like six hot fixes in the last couple of weeks was just kind of shocking to me. I will say cult of the lamb seems to be pretty good. Or was pretty decent with the patches. I, I since yeah. I finished it, I haven't looked, but um, they were coming in pretty. There's steady. at least a couple of big updates to that one. That's good. I man, I don't know. I keep like looking at Saints Row on the PS5 interface, just going hmm. Yeah, I things know. that make you go hmm. What's the story Ter- of this game? It's a terrible idea. Why would I ever play that again? Oh, I'm sure we'll get a very good and GDC yet, postmortem at some point on this thing. And yet, I just mm, or I we know. will never hear about it ever. I uh I listen. I don't hate with everything that's going on Saints Row, so I would definitely play it. No, I'm just I, mad at it because I can kind of see the threads of right. something good in there, and yeah, they just they so. miss the mark by such a wide margin. It's kind of it's kind of it's just a Mass Effect. Andro- I mean, not to keep <laughs> like kicking a dead horse there with the Andromeda comparisons, but it's another situation where it's like even if you fixed this on a technical level to a you know a degree of extreme polish. 
the game yeah. itself still pretty bland. That's exactly what it is. It's just like I don't hate it. It's just like kind of a I found it a chore to play. Yeah. So it's um uh it's not like oh man what they're doing here I really despise. It's just like what I'm doing here has fun spots, but then it drags on too long. Or also the jokes aren't funny. You know, like that's not a thing that you can just yeah, easily patch out. That that is absolutely the one unforgivable sin. <laughs> Is I could put up with bugs, I could put up with tedious gameplay. Arguably, some of the previous Saints Row games had tedious gameplay. Mm -hmm. But if the writing is there and it's funny, who cares? I I think what kind of sealed it for me was when you played Saints Row on that stream. I know. uh, And it was like, it was a three, right? You went into three? It was was three, yeah. And like, oh man, this had had an idea. Even the jokes there that didn't land were still better than the ones that almost land in this game. Like, like inside of 30 seconds of starting that game up, I was like, oh, right. This is is when and why this was good. Right. Yeah, there's an identity here. Um, All right, well, Saints Row Patch Watch continues. (laughs) Um, Or uh, or not. Let us know. Yeah, let us know if the watch has ended. Maybe not. Maybe just just not. Another game I finished, I don't remember where I was last time I talked about it, but uh, I finished Tinykin. That game is not very long, but I think it is very good. Oh, it's, yeah. Just just in time for Pikmin 4. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. The first uh, thing I thought of when the Pikmin 4 <laughs> announcement came out was like, boy, but the Tinykin folks are glad they got theirs out already. Nintendo Miyamoto, was like, fuck them kins. Yeah, Miyamoto was definitely like, get it out. I don't, it's not ready. I don't care. Announce People now. People need to know. <laughs> Uh, they're blowing up our spot. Did you, <laughs> get a, did you see, you seen that Agent Sixty Four game? They're, Guess what? Fuck you. We have Goldeneye. They're moving in on our territory. We can't. This this cannot stand. This is great because it is. It's what we talked about, right? People making games in a vacuum because the games they loved are not being made. Yeah. And then now Nintendo responding by crushing yeah. them under the bo- <laughs> the heel of their boot. Yes. Does that mean? Does that mean we are getting a new Star Fox soon? We're gonna get a new Star Fox. Absolutely Wave not. Race. If, yeah. If this trend holds. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> Start Look cranking out these indies, man. Force their hand. If all those future racers didn't get another F Zero going, then I don't think we're getting another Star Fox anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, Tinykin, Tinykin is an interesting game that gets a little weird in its story, and I like it. It gets mm-hmm. uh, it actually has uh, a pretty similar story to Pikmin, but then goes a, a bit farther in a way that I had to go then look up some stuff and be like, and not enough people are playing Tinykin, so if anyone wants to get at me, what's what's happening in Tinykin? Please do. But uh, it gets a little like weird metaphysical in a way that I wanted to find out more about the Tinykin universe and world. It's uh, it's on Game Pass. It's twenty five dollars uh, across the rest of everything. It's a pretty short game and pretty, um, pretty linear. Pretty mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, you, you you use your little Tinykin to do fun stuff. A little more active than maybe Pikmin, where you are um building ladders and stuff out of your, your tiny kin versus sending them off to do things. But we'll see what this new Pikmin is. I don't know. Uh, the other thing I thought I was going to finish, but I'm now realizing that it's never going to happen. It's possible. It might never happen is Elden ring. Now it didn't happen. Not because I couldn't make it happen. I'm not saying that from some like chokes. I don't, I don't think I want it to end. I think I, I, I think I just am stretching it all. I'm just Listen, going around trying to not, find every not, talisman not, now. Not to just repeat myself from yesterday, but that's what new game plus 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 is for. You never oh, have to stop playing it. Mm-hmm. Then the game gets harder, and that's, I don't want yeah, that to happen. There's that aspect. But look, I mean, that is, I mean, just about the highest compliment you can pay a video game is I don't want this to stop. 
I don't want it to stop. I beat the Halig tree. It's a part that people who have played it probably know. So that I spent a lot of time of my vacation doing that and fighting that boss, which fuck that boss. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, it was the one boss so far that I have called in uh, the multiplayer. Oh, yeah. Uh, You're like, all right, can't do this. Need, I can't need do this I, to be done. This isn't happening. I can try and respec a couple of different ways and different techniques, but this is happening. I've spent two days trying to fight this boss. Let's go bring in the reinforcements. First group of reinforcements wiped immediately. Second group of reinforcements. First guy wiped immediately. Then we had a good run. Third group. I've never seen such a good Elden Ring player. Huh. There was a there was an all star in that group. There's an attack that boss does that just basically one hit killed me constantly and i saw a player dodge through that attack multiple times it's like a constant whirlwind attack and i saw that player dodge all the sequences of that attack and it was amazing it's like uh uh for like a point of reference imagine those hallway scenes in spy movies where somebody's doing backflips through the lasers it was like kind of that uh maneuver. Right. and uh, most of or, the time or it's the or, or it's the daigo moment 37 of yeah Elden exactly Ring. yes uh, where most of the time I would sneak in and get a hit when the, when the boss was facing somebody and then sprint to the other side of the arena and just keep my back to a wall while somebody else until I lost aggro and then kind of run back up. It's amazing. Uh, if you're keeping a, a scorecard there, I have now switched over because I'm in the, I feel like my fun time with Elden ring to using the moon veil katana and trying that out, uh, and, uh, bouncing around with my stats there. A lot of fun, Elden Ring. I'm chasing down talismans now to go. Did you respect? Uh, you know, I was able, I almost respect, but I was able to boost the stats I needed by armor. So um, I put this weird helmet on that gave, has two faces that got my intelligence up and a couple of other talismans that got my intelligence up. I might need to respect if I want to try that River of Blood katana because I don't have enough arcane. But yeah, respecting is not that big a deal. So maybe, maybe I'll try it again, just soaking up as much as I can before I pull the trigger and mm-hmm. do it and start it all over again. I don't know if I'm going to do that. I kind of like where I'm at difficulty wise. I don't want it to get any harder, but that's uh that's my journey with Elden ring. I've cleared a hundred hours. I'm now in the, the post, the post hundred hour part, but it's still really enjoying running around that game and, and trying to finish up as many quest lines and stuff as I can. Uh, Elden Ring brings us to the end of our games for this week. Don't worry. There's a ton of news coming up. But Boy, just to recap, there. we've got uh, Splatoon 3 out now over on the Switch. The Tomorrow Children of the Phoenix Edition over on PlayStation consoles. Ooh, we've got a motorcycle, too. Yeah. Or something. Cult of the Lamb pretty much out on everything. Tinykin uh, also pretty much, I think, out on everything, but also on Game Pass if you subscribe to that. And Elden Ring, everything out there but the PC and the Switch. Oh, no, it is on PC, right? Yeah, everything out there but the Switch. I'm playing over on the PlayStation. All right, we're going to take another quick break, and we're going to return with a whole bunch of news. Stick around. This week's show is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Alex Navarro, Brad Shoemaker. You're not going to walk out of the house naked, right? Not if I can help it. You're going to put your VPN on first. Yeah, of course. Of course. One leg at a time, like I always do. (laughs) ExpressVPN is the easiest way to browse safely, securely, and just better. 
I just used ExpressVPN. I was away on a trip. I've had ExpressVPN for a couple of years here. When I got on that hotel Wi-Fi, I slipped right into ExpressVPN. One click, very easy. Get in there, and then I was able to access the internet. Let's say. Yeah. What are you doing on that vacation there? I was. I had to access my GitHub account, uh -huh. and I was doing yes. some coding, and then I'm sure. I, I've used my Express VPN and then VPNed into my home computer. Likely story. Uh huh. And then uh, I watched, uh, you know, I watched uh, some videos, uh, you know, and it's That's fast. That's what enough. they all it's, say. It's got great speeds. It was connected very easily. I was even able to stream in HD, problemless, on the hotel Wi-Fi. And they didn't know. <laughs> they didn't know a damn thing. Says here you can connect to ExpressVPN and you won't even realize you have it on, which I can vouch for. It's pretty seamless. So right now, go to expressvpn.com slash nextlander, and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash nextlander to get three extra months of ExpressVPN. Expressvpn.com slash nextlander. Thanks, ExpressVPN. And we are back, and it is time for the news now. Those who say it is a quiet, well, I guess the summer was kind of quiet. Now we're in fall, right? Yeah. It's fall, fall news time. We're in a post-Madden universe. Stuff can happen yeah. now. Yeah, yes. stuff is happening. Everybody in the world felt like they should have a stream of some sort in the last <laughs> week, whether mm -hmm. they had anything worth talking about or not. Uh, Brad, well, let's kick it off here. You've got Nintendo first on this list. That seems like a great place to start. What is Nintendo our first? Up to? Our first story tonight: the tears <laughs> of the kingdom. And yes, I do mean the United Kingdom, the uh, beloved Queen. No, uh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, a different Although, kingdom. Apparently, Nintendo UK straight up declined to run this direct yesterday. Oh, not live. To, they ran it later. Oh, did they? Did they publish it like on YouTube or something? Yeah, it just aired yes. later in the UK. Apparently, yes, yes, they actually did. They did hold the stream back. Hmm. Uh, anyway, Tears of the Kingdom, how does it strike you? <sighs> this is sure. Zelda. That is the title of the new Zelda, which is the sequel to Breath of the Wild. I mean, in all their run-up to this, they have said this might have a darker tone, so that's in line with that, I guess? It's, it's, it's one of the sadder-sounding Zelda names? Yeah... It's not a bad subtitle. I think my main takeaway from this was that uh, even with them giving a date and them showing that title, they only really gave you just a sliver of gameplay in there. I don't think any of that footage was actually new. I couldn't tell. The flying up through the the block thing I was... I don't remember you landing on the glider in yeah, any of the that glider, footage. Yeah, those are the two things that I think might have been actually new yeah. mechanical stuff in there that I remember. I don't know, something about Tears of the Kingdom doesn't sound like a Zelda title to me, but then I guess Breath of the Wild didn't either. Yeah, it very much did at the not time. to me at the time. It's more of and a DS Zelda title. Maybe. Yes, there you go. Yes, yeah. this is... The this Phantom is Train or mm -hmm. right. Minish right. Cap. This is, this is, yes, I was absolutely going to say, God damn it, who was the, who was the studio that made Minish Cap? Cap it was, not, it was a Capcom joint. Capcom published, it? but uh, Flagship was the developer. Oh, on that. Okay. This is like one of those flagship handheld Zelda spinoff titles. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, like yes, the Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom. May what is it? Twelfth? Yes, May twelfth of next year is when that's coming out. Yeah, 
It's and then yeah, they put out an announcement and maybe some, maybe some more. Some of the footage looked new to me, and the, some of the gameplay stuff that people have talked about is focused. What I was able to look up, not having seen it live, was the verticality. Yeah, it's yeah. a bunch of flight flight yeah. stuff. It very much seems like hey, we took the map from the first game and built a bunch of sky stuff over it, which that sounds sure. cool. Flying flying across that land from that height and seems neat. Do you happen to know where these rumors got started that they were going to be showing some kind of like Ocarina remake or like the... Oh, that's been all over the place. I mean, the, the Metroid Prime HD trilogy port. Yeah. Because that happened on the Wii, right? Yeah. was it, That didn't come out on the... Oh, wait, did that also come out on the Wii U? My Prime trilogy. Prime trilogy definitely came out on the Wii, and I think they might have done a re-release for Wii U. I forget. Anyway, those rumors have been kicking around for years mm. for the Switch. To the point that, like, I'm, I'm not doubting the information that anybody had behind the scenes that that was going to be here, but it also just feels like wish fulfillment every time they announce a Nintendo Direct at this point that yeah. somebody says, oh, but I bet it's going to be this time, right? Mm-hmm. Right? No. 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 Um, uh, actually, the, the other Zelda, you're, you're right, the other Zelda rumors were, like, pretty widely reported, though, that a Twilight Princess and a Wind Waker remake oh, yeah. would both be at this. Yeah, nope. but no. Nope. Uh, a date nope. for this is is neat. I mean, it's a that's a ways off, but uh, you know, almost nice, a year. Nice to have a date on this. I wonder if you can infer anything about new Switch hardware from that date. Probably not. I'm gonna say no. I'm not. I'm not saying necessarily like they're gonna surprise launch a new Switch along with this necessarily. But I wonder if this does kind of start the clock ticking a little mm. more loudly once this game does come out of like. Okay, this is like probably the last biggest game you had for the Switch, right? It has to be, right? Mm. Like you can't be doing another Mario platformer or another Mario Kart or something for this thing, right? Mm. And judging like, by Zelda games, it would it would come out on the next <laughs> platform too. Yeah, they'd have to delay it, it another six like, months and then put yeah. it out on the new platform. As and well. also, like you know, I would assume I would assume they have developed this with the next hardware in mind, and that maybe there are enhancements. <laughs> for when that hardware is available. So maybe it's not going to be that long after, like, let's say end of next year or something. Maybe. I don't know. I, if I had just had to take a wild stab in the dark, guess I'm saying maybe, maybe, maybe next year you get an announcement of new hardware, but that shit ain't coming out until 2024. Maybe it's hard to say. Next Nintendo console. You, uh, it's a handheld again, handheld hybrid that you throw up into the air. And uh, this mechanic is clearly based on that. You throw it up in the air and you punch it. And then link goes flying through a block. It's uh, you heard it here first. Okay, bank on it, bank on it. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom out May. What was it? May twelfth. May twelfth. Good summer date. Summerish. Yes. Lead up uh, to summer. As we already mentioned, Miyamoto also swaggered onto the stage and said, "Yo, Pikmin Four. Check out my T-shirt." <laughs> Yo, Pikmin Four. Like, talk about not showing anything. Yeah, there were some stills there that sure look a lot like Pikmin. So, Pikmin 3, 2013, Switch 2020. This is, Pikmin, it's been a while. I I thought Pikmin was done. I really would not have put money on them ever making another Pikmin. Like, that felt like they had kind of, it had run its course. So, in the story, I think you linked, Brad, they, they had been talking about a Pikmin since 2015, a Pikmin 4. Miyamoto was like, yeah, of course we're working. We're always working on Pikmin. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, if, if they have, boy, 
it has been quite a journey for these little Pikmin. Actually, my least favorite part of that whole direct was when he first came out to talk about this and said, it's been over 20 years since the first Pikmin. I was like, God damn it. But <laughs> shut the fuck that. up. Mm-hmm. Shut up. Stop it. <laughs> Pikmin is still a new franchise. <laughs> shut up. You can't say this out loud. Think how Miyamoto feels. All you're doing uh, is reminding me that one day Miyamoto will die and I will be sad and not, I don't want that. I, I, let's, we have to stop talking about this. Uh, Pikmin 4, look for it next year. The I only guess. thing that kind of came out of that, that I, that it's, aside from Pikmin, something about being the camera being low and you could see from the Pikmin's point of view. I don't know. Yeah, they're, they're talking about some like, and like, I mean, evolution of control scheme and gameplay and yeah. some ways that let you focus more on the Pikmin or something. I don't know. But also, like, Captain Olimar ain't exactly Minute Bowl. Like, that dude Wait, isn't really that much I'm, taller than the Pikmin. I'm sorry. Kevin? Say Kevin or Captain? Captain. Oh, oh my I, thought, God. I, I thought you said Kevin. I thought you said Kevin Olimar. I said Captain Olimar. What are you talking about? I absolutely heard Kevin Olimar. I, I kind of heard Kevin too, but just it could I, be I re- Kevin Olimar. <laughs> Captain That's Kevin Olimar. I don't know. I don't, I don't know that they have ever canonically weighed in <laughs> on the first name of, Cap- of yeah. one Captain Olimar. Well, we'll, we'll have to we'll have to check his service record to be sure. Kevin Olimar. I'm I went to high type, school with the Kevin Olimar. Uh, he was he was pretty tall. So I just typed that into Google. They're gonna find someone's think. LinkedIn profile. I don't think. Yeah. Wow. As Nobody. If, no Kevin Olimar. If this Pikmin fan wiki is to be believed, they have never given him a first name. Well, and now we know. I just did. KO. Not the knockout king. Kevin C-K-O. Olimar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Kevin Olimar. Uh, yeah. Look for that some point. Whenever. Didn't Pikmin yes. 3 come out like right at the tail end of the Wii U lifespan too? What did you say? 2013? 20, uh, hold on, was in my notes? Pikmin 1 was released. Aww. If it was 2013, then it wasn't, obviously. 3 was 2013, yes. 2013. Yeah, that, was, that was only like a year into the Wii U, not even. Oh, man. All right. My time scale is completely broken. Yeah, I get it. Um, one other thing real quick here that I forgot to put in here, but I'm just going to quiz Alex now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, I believe, revealed the tracks in the third wave of Mario Kart 8 booster yes. courses. They really, they really, they named two of them. Oh, do they not give all of them? No, just two of them. Oh, damn it. Okay, well, it's Mary Mountain from Mario Kart Tour and Peach Gardens from Mario Kart DS. Yeah. Any opinions? I remember Peach Gardens being pretty good. I have a blanket uh, <laughs> attitude toward anything from Mario Kart Tour, but I also don't really know the tracks very well from that game, so maybe they'll make it good. I don't know. I have not really loved any of the tour tracks they have put in this game yet. Okay, I, I guess data miners have found a bunch of music files in there that may be references to upcoming tracks. You know, I don't need to know. They gave me co- right. Coconut Mall at this point. I'm At this mm. point now, I'm happy to it's just have gravy. the surprise of finding out whatever the next ones are. Fair. Fair. Uh, uh, I'm looking right. forward to Pikmin. I, uh, I just, I've been playing a lot of Pikmin 3 with my son on the Switch, and I hope they continue with the two-player co-op stuff. And those were kind of the big things from the Nintendo thing. I mean, they announced some other some other games, but I nothing else that really well, stuck with me. Yeah, this this last one is a weird weird like, one. Here we are. It finally happened. I'm not sure I understand the timing, but <laughs> it finally happened after like several false starts. They are putting out that HD version of GoldenEye 007 from the Nintendo 64. But are they putting out the HD version on Switch? Well, as as HD as that thing gets. I'm I sure. guess because it, it the way they were making it seem was like it was coming as part of that Nintendo 64 
like subscription, which made me to believe that that was just they were just going to put out the port of GoldenEye on the Switch. But I could be wrong no, about that. No, no because it, it gets, has it, yeah. it has online multiplayer exclusive to the Switch, which is actually the weirdest part of the story. But that's the thing; they've done that to I, some of those those games on huh. the Nintendo like Switch service stuff. I guess it's possible. That seems like a major enough new feature to me that. Okay, now I need to look this up. I would be less confused if they had actually shown gameplay from that, but they didn't. They just showed the intro of Bond, and that was kind of it. Wait, you might be right, actually. Because they put it at the tail end of them announcing the new N64 games that are coming, and it just it read weird to me. Oh, God, yes. It is actually part of Nintendo Switch Online. Wow, that's weird. I've, okay, I so under, I'm not crazy. I was, the, I was under the impression this was a standalone release on Switch. But then I think the version that is coming out on Xbox Live is still a 4K, like, you know, up-resed update of that game that does not have online. So Rare is saying the Xbox version has achievements, 4K, uh, is 4K, and has a smoother frame rate. Right. So, so yes, like, nobody seems to know exactly why the Switch is the only version that has online, which is, again, bizarre. I have thoughts. Other than, like, it might be a rights issue, except I don't even see how that, I don't know. I don't like, think it's a rights issue. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just calling it right here with no inside information on this whatsoever, is that the reason this took so damn long is Nintendo dragged their fucking feet and demanded that they get some kind of exclusivity with something with this. That, that was my guess, is that, yes, they, they wanted something. They have enough control over this game still legally, I assume, that yeah. they could demand something like that. Um. It pretty much seems like this Xbox version is, I can't say for sure, but it sure sounds like it's based on that leaked build. Right. It was finished years ago and got out a couple of years ago. This could be new from the ground up, but it sure does look like that. Um, this whole thing is very clunky. Yeah. The coolest part of this, it'll be on Game Pass because it's a Microsoft first party release, but the coolest part of this is that if you own Rare Replay, you just get it for free. Like oh, that's permanently great. free. Like, they are basically adding it to Rare Replay. A game that came out, like, eight, nine years ago? Um, it was, like, an early long. Xbox One yeah, thing, you're right, wasn't it? You're right, you're right. It was an early Xbox One. It might have been 2014, actually. Um, some people on our Discord pointed out yesterday that Rare Replay, at least as of yesterday, was $7.50. Yes, it still is. That is an <laughs> incredible deal for that, that collection. I mean, Rare Replay rules for a yeah. whole stack of reasons you should go get that for $7.50 the worst, but The worst games in that collection are still worth owning, certainly at that price. Yeah, and there's a bunch of supplemental material in there. Um, it's awesome. Rare Replay is a fine, comprehensive product, but <laughs> soon to be even more comprehensive. Yeah. When they add what may be the last missing piece, like, again, from a preservation standpoint, like, it's amazing that they are like, you know what? We put out a thing that purported to be the history of rare games up to a point. Except for one. Mm -hmm. One big rights bugaboo. And now that they have that game coming out on their platform, they're like, you know what? We should add that retroactively. And they are. And that rules. That's great. So is it possible they charge more for this than rare replay? When it's just like a standalone thing, possibly, yeah, yes. I, I, yeah. would, I would be shocked if this is less than 10 or $15. So, granted, I don't know how long that rare replay price is mm, going to last as of right now. Okay. That could be a... Let me click through the store page. 12 days! And when does okay. it go, what does it go back up to? Rare, rare, rare replay is normally $30. Okay. So you have 12 days from the time of this podcast to buy it for seven fifty, which you should do. Which you should. Uh... It, it's also on Game Pass if you have that, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah you'll, yes. But what if 
What if? Game Pass. What if? Game Pass goes away, man. Or what if you cancel your Game Pass? What if? Yeah, right. Look, you can't rely on streaming services, man. We've learned this time and time again. Oh. What if your internet is down? Uh Uh-huh. And what if your internet was down and you couldn't authenticate with Game Pass, but you could play the entire history of Rare? Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. Right there locally on your console. Then you wouldn't even miss that online multiplayer. That's right. Um... Okay. Game Pass probably has a provision for being offline as well. I don't know. Look, I'm grasping here to make people buy this thing. <laughs> no, it's a good, uh, it's a good buy. The uh, the Xbox is always online. Everybody knows that. Can't mm-hmm. go offline. Right. Yep. Uh, we've got another product for people who want to go offline. It's called. Mm-hmm. It's called a middle finger. Fuck you. It's called Yakuza. Oh yes. Yeah, they're what? not. But they're not making that online. What is uh? What is going on in the wild world of Ryu Gotoku? It's not. It's not called Yakuza anymore. Actually, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the thing. It was always called like a dragon in Japan, I guess. Uh, and Yakuza was the branding for the West. But there is a chapter in Yakuza Seven that literally says the end of Yakuza, and apparently they meant it because <laughs> they are still making these games, but they are now called like a dragon here, and they are apparently making a bunch of them that are coming out here in the next couple of years. What was the literal exact title of seven here? Was seven in the title? It wasn't just Yakuza like a dragon, was it? Was it Yakuza seven? Like it a was dragon? Yakuza seven like a dragon. But then I started seeing logo art that was just Yakuza like a dragon after the mm. fact, and I wonder if okay. they, at some point they wanted to draw. Like I don't know, maybe they they're conflating the two. But so the next, so there's a couple of things here. First one being the next Yakuza is just going to be like a dragon eight. Yes, it is. Okay. And so this that's... one will star Ichiban Kasuga and Kiryu. A very Damn. gray Kiryu. Yes. <laughs> Extremely gray. And this is notable because they've kind of... So, like, okay, I'm going to give you a slight spoiler here for Yakuza 7. A okay. game that has been out for a couple of years now, so hopefully you will permit it. Kiryu does make a cameo in that game. Okay. It is not a very long one. And in fact, the other si- main side characters from the older Yakuza games, like Majima have a much more prominent cameos. Kiryu just kind of shows up for a minute, kind of waves at the camera, does kicks some guys' ass, and then leaves. And you don't really know why he's there or what's going on. And then there's like a brief conversation with him, and then it's kind of over. This, this sounds like he is more the focus than Ichiban in 8. Is that... It's it's hard to right. say because they are doing... Okay, so let's, let's start with the stuff that is coming out next year because Yakuza 8, like a Dragon 8, <laughs> yeah, is not hey, coming out until 2024. They okay. dropped a lot of... I started to say Yakuza news. It's going to take a while to get used to that. But the thing is, at the PlayStation event, they only showed the trailer for one of these things. And it's not the one you would thought. It's actually, it is a Kiwami-style remake of, what is the name of it? I believe here, here is going to be called, are you talking about the the The, the, Japan era? Yeah, the 1800s Japan one. Ishin? Like like, like a dragon Ishin, I believe, is what the title is going to be here. So that is one of two side games, I want to say, that were only released in Japan that use the cast of those games and their visual style, but they are playing different characters set in different time periods of Japan. So this is like casting a movie. Like if the Yakuza games are like a Dragon Games or a movie and the actors play these roles, this is just the actors playing. But it's also the likenesses. Like it is the the Kiryu likeness. likeness. I'm saying like it's an actor. But that's the thing is that's not what the actor who plays Kiryu looks like. Oh. 
Okay, that's weird. That, that is a, that's that not is what the actor who plays Majima looks like. Oh, they, they, okay. they like they like quite literally cast the characters of Yakuza okay. in a in a historical samurai drama. <laughs> yes, it's, it's weird and kind of amazing. Like okay. it's really an interesting idea. And neither of those came out here until this one, which is yeah. uh, again, I think there was a, a a PS4 style, you know, Kiwami style remake of that game in Japan. I've won, or maybe it was always because I feel like the the first one of those was set further back in history and also was older. This is the one that I think came out in, I want to say 2018. Um, I think this one was 2013, 14. Okay. But then I, I think they did it, do a Kiwami style version of it that came out maybe in 2018. Oh, that, that is possible. Maybe that's what this is. And yeah. Then Kenzon is the other spinoff okay. that you mentioned, which may also come here at some point based on what the producer has said. Yeah. But so they're doing this one. That's the first thing that's coming along. And then they're also doing a game that is literally Kiryu Gaiden. Mm-hmm. Like, they are telling the story of what happened to Kiryu between the events of Yakuza 6 and presumably where Yakuza 7 picks up. And that's and, uh, that's a 2023 release. Yes, the, both of yeah, those both are of out those next are. year. Okay. And they are, like, Sega was just like, somebody over there was just like, man, we really, this thing's finally caught on. We tried and tried. Like, Michael Madsen wasn't enough. Michelle Rodriguez wasn't enough. <laughs> I'm not going to apparently did it. Now we we just started pumping these things out. I'm not going to say I'm solely responsible for this mm. because a lot of factors I think played into the sudden popularity in the West. But Beast in the East and Yakuza Zero mm-hmm. really did happen right around the time these these games really started picking up steam. Didn't this? Didn't somebody leave the studio? Didn't this, a head yeah, leave the, the negotiate? Negotiate. Okay. Off. Do you think He's that had, had anything to do with it? Oh, where is he? He's any, you mean anything to do with like all, all these games getting announced? Yeah, like like hey, or putting the pedal down a little bit in is terms of possible. Well, so I don't I I don't remember if this is a direct quote from him or something that was just inferred, but I think he had kind of been on record saying he didn't think those games would ever come out here. Hmm. Okay. Uh, maybe since he's not there anymore, maybe there was more of a push to do it. I don't know. It's possible. I I would. Have, I mean, I'm making broad assumptions here, but. I would guess the core development team probably has a pretty light touch on these localization efforts. I mean, I'm sure they're involved they, and, and it's, everything and stuff, but like, I think the Ishin one is also the first one. Well, I mean, it's, it's all being done in house, but I think it's a different group of localizers than the usual ones that do all the localizing for those mm-hmm. games. Because yeah. Scott Stryker, who's the, the, uh, the lead guy on that stuff. Like he said, I'm not working on this one. I've passed the torch on to some other people to work on this. one. Okay. Yeah, so I would assume because these games have been around for a while, like they could probably get these out in English and not affect development of the actual next game too much. Yeah. So we got, so we have Like a Dragon Gaiden, which is the Kiryu stuff between Yakuza 6 and 7, mm-hmm. and that's 2023. The Ishen stuff, which is a an older modern- side story game. <laughs> Brought to the U.S. but modernized, like it is. It is not from 2013. I mean, tech. modernized in the sense that I think it is at very least brought up to last gen standards. Okay. I don't know about this current gen. I, I don't know how much work they've done on it. And that's February of next year. Seems like it. Yes. And then Yakuza Eight, which is the like a whole, dragon. 8. Like sorry, like a dragon eight, which is the whole new one, and that's no date. That's just kind of in the future. Yeah, that is okay. sometime in 2024. That's all they've said. Okay. And completely separate from Judgment. Judgment still... We haven't talked about that. I want to say I think Judgment might have finally... Might finally be coming to PC. Okay. 
I thought I saw someone say that it was happening. Yeah, that happened. They're on Steam now. Okay. Wait, when? As of today. (laughs) What? They apparently, during this... So a lot of this stuff came from a specific... Ryu Gagatoku. I'm never going to be able to say that without stumbling a little bit. I don't know why. Just too many G's. Um, they had their own stream today, and I guess maybe as part of that, there's like, hey, by the way, these games are on Steam now. So they must have either Wait. won the battle with the, you know, uh, the fucking talent agency. Likenesses. Yeah, or they, it, as part of their deal of say, of breaking with them, they decided, fuck you, we're doing this anyway. I don't know which, which it is. They haven't said anything. What, what do you mean, Steam, that I'm not permitted to view these materials at this time when You're I try young. to go to the Lost Judgment store page? I also... F- even, even with a birth date of 1963? Come on. I also feel like they may have Streisand affected themselves a little bit here with the whole, hey, we don't want anyone doing anything nasty to Yagami and his model and all that stuff. Like, now all you have done is inspired the nastiest people to do the nastiest the shit to the Yagami's model? Uh, I'm saying that guy's going to be in some porn very soon. Oh, is already. Yeah. It's, I'm sure. It's been out for a minutes. Yeah. Already. Yeah. Yeah. It's, man, it's right there in the top unit on the Steam store page. How much are Wild. they? 60 bucks? Uh, is your package? Do, 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 do. You can own everything for 100 bucks. Okay. Judgment is 40. Lost Judgment um, is 60. Lost Judgment is 60, and the Kaito Files is 30. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. I thought that so would that's be. A, and when you say everything, you get the Kaito files. That's too much for that's, that DLC. It, it's all that stuff. That's okay. too yeah, much so for that DLC. If you if you buy the bundle, you're essentially getting Kaito files for free. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And that's and like I think that is a like fifteen dollar DLC. That is not a thirty dollar DLC. Mm. Well, there's your uh, like a dragon update. Yeah. And mm-hmm. some and there's and, a, there are some there's the stuff some judge happening. Eyes. Just. Uh, Man, like nothing but people announcing games. I mean, they're all games that have been around for decades at this point, or franchises at least. Mm-hmm. Some but doing better than others. Are, at least some games are getting announced. Well, it's I it's, it's either years in the past or years in the future. So, uh, yeah. or some stuff. Yeah, listen, some stuff that's coming next year. Yeah. Well, uh, I just I bet there are like a dozen, not a dozen, eight or ten games that we're talking about today that have I've basically gotten dates or like, hey, this is coming out. Not a single new IP among them. Mm. Mm. This is true, and let's keep that. Let's keep that ball rolling, Brad. I mean, there let's were imagine. some new IPs announced during the last few days, but oh no, I just yeah. mean of the stuff we're talking about here. Yeah. It's like, boy, have you heard of Assassin's Creed? Mm-hmm. I have heard of Assassin's I, Creed. I might want to stop hearing about Assassin's Creed you, to be you honest. Know, like, would, would you like instead to play four more four new Assassin's Creed games? Okay, there's a lot of Assassin's Creed in this block, but. This announcement was, I feel like, for this first one was for me. The one who uh, yeah. said, like, I'm, I don't like the new direction of Assassin's Creed. I don't like the, the, the more stat-based, weapon-based, open world. You don't uh, like that they made it Witcher 3. Yeah. I, I don't love that they, they Witchered up some of the Assassin stuff. Well, not even Witchered, really. It's more like loot. They made it a loot game. Witcher isn't really a loot game. But they made Assassin's Creed kind of a loot game. I didn't love that as much. So this new one they're saying as much as they can is kind of a throwback to the original assassin's creed now if anybody who's out there who played the original assassin's creed knows while kind of a fun thing and concept 
wasn't that great a game. No. Because yeah, it, it, got, it got kind of dragged down by its own mechanics sometimes. It was a first stab. Yeah, stab at release. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. There was always something like there was a purity to that first game, even if it wasn't entirely successful. Yeah. That I admired. And so the idea that so it's Assassin's Creed Mirage. It's coming out next year. It's set in Baghdad. I think around the same time period as the first game. It's way before. Oh, was it before? Yeah. So Mirage takes place in in 850 AD, and the original one took place in 1191. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You're right. And 850, right. I think, is even a little bit before. Uh, I wrote this whole timeline down yeah. for this. Man. It's before so, Valhalla, right? It's, okay. Hang on. I want to guess what the first game okay, in the entire go, time go for is. it Shit, let's man. play assassin's creed trivia i've got them all written down um, here and i think alex, i know the answers to all of these but yeah alex you see if you can name the name of the hero or the the protagonist okay from which one from whatever we'll go through the timeline okay. and as he names them i wrote all of these down just for this because i had to put them in order for me to make sense of where we are in this thing. it's it's got to be one of the three rpgs the newest ones right yeah like in fact all of them i believe would be first in the timeline right you're correct Okay, I'm not. Okay, this is. I'm gonna say. Are wait? Are they in both release and chronological order? Uh, no. Is that not right? No, that's not right. Is Odyssey before Origins? Odyssey first, 404 okay. BC. Technically, Odyssey okay. is before. Okay, so it's okay. Odyssey first, then I probably then Origins, and then Valhalla. I would guess. Oh, sorry, I might have misled you. Um, Mirage is in there somewhere. Oh well, yeah. Setting that yeah. one aside, I mean, okay. just of the, the of the ones. of that trilogy of games, it is yeah. Odyssey. Then it is it is Origins. Then it is then, uh, Valhalla. So, so you have Odyssey by a landslide with four hundred four BC, which is the main character is Alex. Well, it's Cassandra or it's Alexios, depending on who you pick. Okay, and then Origins jumps ahead to forty three BC with the main character Bayek, and then supposedly Mirage at eight fifty AD. Which is um, the new character, which is Basim. 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 And then Valhalla at 878 AD, with the main character being Dude Ivor or Lady Ivor. <laughs> the Ivors. Yeah. Do you want to keep going, Brad, to see if you can yeah. get the rest of these? Okay. So well, th- so let's say like mainline only here. Mainline right? only. Yeah. Okay. So- do we put Liberation in mainline? Uh, I don't. Yes, I have Liberation in here, but I'll group. I'll okay. group I think the ones you time. exclude are like the three side-scrolling games they put out as like arcade releases. Yes, yeah, on the grounds on the grounds that I don't know shit about those okay. games. I say we neither do I. Them. Okay, so, I'll I'll uh, fill them in when you get to them. Uh, okay, so, but I won't count them against your. I don't. Here. I don't. Was Liberation a handheld one? It started as a handheld one, but they moved it to, to oh, PS4 right. at some point. Yes. Okay. I want to say there's been like two handheld ones, right? Uh, what's Freedom Cry handheld? No, Freedom Cry was not handheld only. Freedom Cry was DLC, I thought. Okay. Or an expansion. Was Rogue handheld? No. Okay. God, I forgot about Rogue entirely. <laughs> Shit. Don't worry. There's a lot. Um. So after gosh. Valhalla, which is 878 AD, our next uh, one. I'm going to say the Ezio games should be next, not counting Liberation because I don't remember what it's about. Well, I think I think you're leaving one out here. Because we well, hang on. Let me take inventory. So okay. it's like the Ezio games, uh, Unity, Syndicate, Three, Black Flag. Well, you're leaving out an important one. You're here. leaving out an important one. The one okay, that Mir- Mirage would be hearkening back to, which would be Wait, the literally first the first game. First one, oh, I, yeah. thought, I thought you already mentioned that one. I thought you said that so, was... So that we're doing the timeline here. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, that right. the next one would be the first one. So that's the first one. And then, then we'll, we'll start from there. So the first one, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is 1191... 
Then you're okay, then right. yes, yeah, Assassin's yeah. Creed Two. Yes. Okay. Are we counting Revelations? I don't remember what Revelations okay. is about either. There's okay. so many of these games. Revelations. Which one is Re- Revelations? Re- is one of the. It's the Ezio. Uh, it's the second Ezio game, right? Yeah. So Revelations. So Assassin's Creed Two is fourteen ninety nine. That's in Italy. Oh God, there are three Ezio games, aren't there? All I I only remember two in Brotherhood. <laughs> there's there's Revelations, which is fifteen twelve, which is kind of the end of the Ezio stuff. Then we jump ahead a little bit and have Chronicles. That's one of the side scrollers, the China one. That's fifteen twenty six. Okay, so place you at fifteen post fifteen twenty six now. Okay, you are close. You named you named pretty much named all of them, but you're this is a this is a pretty dense block here of them. Yeah, I mean, French Revolution would be late seventeen hundreds, so that's probably next, unless I'm forgetting something. And then Syndicate, I think, okay. is like Victorian era, right? Is you missed, you missed one? Okay, so here's my question. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna try and <laughs> I'm gonna try and piece this together. Is Black Flag the next one? Oh, I forgot yeah. about Black yeah. Flag. Yeah, that would be next because okay. that's like colonial. Yeah, so Black right? Flag. Now, some of these span eras. So I, I put the last year the game has in is it because some of them span multiple is, years. Is Black Flag like 15 or 1600s, I would guess? No, I think it's, it's seven, 1722. Oh, okay. Because it's in and the then, Caribbean during oh, that. I guess that's like and then Liberation stuff, is right? the one after that, right? Okay, so then you have Freedom Cry because that's kind of tied to Black Flag. Right. That was, that was 1737. Then you have Rogue. Oh, which, Rogue, right. Which is 1776. Then, think about that. You have 1776. What would be the next big Assassin's Oh, wait, Creed I forgot. Game? I forgot three was American <laughs> Revolution era, right? Yeah, I, right. Like, yeah. I just completely yeah. forgot about three in all. Why do I think Liberation took place before three? So, so Liberation takes place, apparently, the last date of it would be 1777, according to what I can oh, Okay, so they're, like, right in the same This window. is a dense block, yeah. So... Black Flag, Freedom Cry, Rogue, uh, um, Assassin's Creed 3, which the last date of that is 1783. Okay. Uh, and then Liberation is in there. But it starts a little, you know, it spans time. Then and 1777 then, for Liberation. Yeah. And then it's Unity. Then Unity, which is 1800. Then, oh, really? Yeah. Well, I, thought it was, I thought it was a few years. Again, it's at the it's, end of the French Revolution. It's, okay. Some of okay. these span years. So I, I, I yeah, put yeah, the yeah. last year in there. Uh, then, then another Chronicles game, which gets us up to 1841. Is that the and India one or the Russia one? That's India. Okay. And then our last major game. That would be Syndicate. Syndicate. And that's 1868. Yeah. And then another Chronicles game in 1918, which is Russia. So, this one goes all the way back up to uh You're forgetting the something. What did I forget? You're forgetting something, which I, I totally don't blame you for forgetting. Uh-oh, which one? There's a DLC campaign where you play a later Evie Fry at the end, like post Syndicate, where it is World War One. Oh boy! Okay, is that- or is it? I don't remember if it was DLC or it might just be a side thing in Syndicate. But there is okay. a World War One thing that happens in the context of that game. Okay, I believe it. Or, you know, I'm sorry, it's not Evie, it's the child of Evie was, that shows up say, in World War she, I. I was going to say, yeah. should be like 80 by yeah. then or something? It's, 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 it is a fry child okay. that shows up in a that. fry right. child. Too many Assassin's Creed games. Well, guess what? There's about to be four more. Um, I'm curious about this one. Yeah, Mirage, Mirage hearkening back to both the setting and gameplay of the first game, I think is kind of exciting. Like, they flat out, do they say it's smaller or do they just say it's more like the pre-RPG games? The, the the messaging I could see was that it is taking tones. It, it is a more 
it's a pl- more of a playground in Baghdad is kind of what they but were But that's the for. thing, though, is that like this this was originally going to be DLC for Valhalla, that's, wasn't it? This is the one they spun yes. out. That's that's where I'm getting the this is a smaller game thing is that, yeah, this has been rumored as having grown out of DLC for a while. And here's 50% of these were DLC first. Here, Here's the thing, though, is that I'm both excited and not for this because, one, Basim was far and away the most interesting character to come out of Valhalla by a wide margin. Which I and didn't also, even know was in Valhalla until yeah. I started seeing this. The other thing is that the conclusion you get to with that character and what his whole deal is is genuinely one of the dumbest things i have ever hmm. seen anywhere in this franchise so okay, can't wait to see how they tie all that together a street thief with a mysterious past says this <laughs> they are underselling it my friend um yeah I, I, a modern a more modern take on that first game i think mechanically would be really interesting to see did you guys watch uh, the trailer and that's what we're getting. I, I watched, I scrubbed through the like 15 minute developer. That was very cool. Breakdown, which yeah. seemed like it was all CG footage. It's from the trailer. Yeah. That's yeah. All yeah. The, I didn't, I, I couldn't find any actual gameplay for this. There was a, there were two things that jumped out at me from the trailer. One, he runs by a fish stall. It looks like there's fish on ice. So I was immediately like, whoa, wait, that ice in Baghdad and eat, you know, the, the 800th century. Yeah, but I think it might have been the intellectual capital of the world. I looked it up, and I wasn't the only one being like, "What?" Uh, But so some replies were like, "Here's this whole process that they did." I said, but other people were like, "I think it's salt," and I was like, "Oh, okay, Uh, that would make Uh, sense." Salt block, yeah. Uh, The other thing is, it's got that one of my favorite voice actresses and actresses. uh, uh, I love everything she's in. The uh, one from uh, Mass Effect who plays. Oh, the Korean Admiral, uh, the who's Korean also in Admiral. the Expanse. Yes, in the Expanse. Uh, Shora? 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 Yeah. Agadashalu? I can't remember yeah, her. I believe, I believe that's how you... Yeah. She's awesome. So she's uh, she's the mentor in the uh, in the game, and I just hope they don't do the thing where, like, your mentor is going to be the one who is evil all along, because don't, don't do that think, to her. I don't think that's the direction they're going okay. in, based Good. on what I remember from Valhalla. So one of the one of the previous leaks about this said it will be four districts in the city, each one with its own boss, which sounds very much like the first game. If you yeah. remember how that was structured, yeah, which sounds cool. Like I wonder if this is another situation of just they turn you loose in the city and they're like, "Here are your targets, just go get them." I wonder. I, I mean, like a, like a more a more nonlinear story would be interesting to see executed. It's um. I'm I'm excited for it. I I, I want to go back. the The trailer made the combat seem more like the Batman combat, and I wonder if they're actually going to go back to that, where uh, you're timing parries and doing like one hit kills and stuff. So I, I mean, it could just be a look and feel vibe trailer. I mean, there was no gameplay. Yeah, there was it, no gameplay for any of this Assassin's Creed stuff they showed. So no, and so yeah, there's like I said, three other games to talk about here. I don't think i understand what assassin's creed infinity is now i'm not sure they do either as of this mm, fair i thought it was a game previously that was going to be maybe sort of destiny like in the sense that it's also a platform that they keep putting stuff out for yeah now this sounds this announcement makes it sound more like it's just some kind of like hub client you're going to download and launch games out of i am also very confused uh because they announced three more projects uh, this one sounds exciting. Assassin's Creed Codename Red. They're finally mm-hmm. doing Feudal Japan. Right. I have and, thoughts about that, but we'll get there. And, and yeah, I mean, I like the, the setting. Like, 
In terms of the setting, I'm more like glad they're finally doing it because people have been demanding it for so fucking long. Uh, but the, the thing that is more interesting about it to me is that it's going to be their first PS5 Series X only game. Yeah. That they, that they, they say pretty explicitly this is like, uh, this is, their, this is our big break into the kind of next generation of this franchise because it's going to be entirely on new hardware. And that's the Odyssey team, right? That's uh, Quebec. They have so many studios. I think yes. That's... So that's neat. Yeah. Uh, not, yes. not too much else known about that, but yeah, no. yeah, Alex, you don't, I, uh, I just, I have these thoughts, man, like them t- choosing now to do the feudal Japan thing mm-hmm. is a real choice because, and I'm not just saying this because a whole bunch of feudal Japan games got announced during both the Sony and Nintendo thing, which was a little oh, wild yeah. in and of itself, but yeah. And we're like, not that far removed from ghost of Tsushima. That's the point is that. Ghost of Tsushima happened and mm-hmm. was, you know, whatever my reservations about that game, it was very popular and, you know, was very well regarded, including in Japan. Them breaking this glass now and pulling the Japan switch does not reek of confidence to me. Yeah, it does feel. Uh, it does feel a bit reactive. Like, I'm kind of taking a quote here from, from the writer, Mike Williams, uh, M.H. Williams. Uh, like, he, he basically said, this is a weird choice to do now, and I completely concur with him. Like, you are basically signaling the thing you have been yelling at us to do for years and we refuse to do, we're going to do now because we really want you to keep paying attention to Assassin's Creed. Please, for the love of God. It's, ex- it's like we said before, right? Just make, if you, if you don't make Pikmin... If you make your own Pikmin, then you're forced Nintendo to make a Pikmin. Make your own uh, a Japan feudal Japan Assassin's Creed, and then Assassin's Creed. But that's will, not some indie no. developer. That's no, Sucker I'm Punch. I'm they kidding. they yes. they slid in there and Sucker Punched them and took nice. the game that they refused to make and nice. made it. Yep. And I'm not, not wrong. I'm not saying they can't have a novel spin on it. It's just that, like, congratulations, you picked the time when the novelty of this is at its nadir. There are seven different Feudal Japan games coming in the next couple of years, and there's probably going to be more Ghost of Tsushima at some point. I mean, they made Valhalla at, like, the bottom of the Norse mythology kind of... No, it's not. that one's not dead yet. I know, because they're making another God of War. (laughs) Well, I feel like that franchise is going to keep going, but, you Mm -hmm. know, I feel like everybody doing their Norse game uh, with with Valhalla in there, your post-Vikings series game. Yeah, but, I mean... You're you're not wrong. This is this is the one they've been yelling at since probably Assassin's like Creed three. Two. Yeah, like yeah, like after two, after two made the series very popular. Yeah, around the time three came out is when I remember people starting to yell for this exact concept. Yeah, I, tr- I truly don't understand what their resistance to it was, other than maybe some weird desire to not piss off Japanese people by saying Nobunaga Oda was a Templar. Like maybe they don't want. To fuck around in their history in a way, considering the Japanese gaming market is still a pretty big one. Hmm. But, like, I don't think they're that precious about it. And at the same time, it just felt like such an easy underhand toss pick. Yeah. I just don't know what, like, why, one, why now? And two, what actually was the roadblock for this for so long? I don't know. They, they, they could have been skittish about not continuing on with Western history. I, mean, I but, guess, but if I had to guess in terms of like what the market they, they thought the market would accept, possibly I don't know. 
But if that's the case, if they're really worried about the market at this point, then like they should just be setting a bunch of these games in China now because like that's the market well, everyone's trying to go after. They are. Well, now, well, now they, like, they the last, aren't. Like the last few years are different than like ten plus years ago. Is yeah. What I, mean. I think one of their new ones is also in China. I think one of their new mobile. Oh, one ones, of the new Assassin's Creeds is. I think they're they're one of their mobile ones is in. China. Yeah, there is a mobile game which I. Oh, uh, look, we're not talking about mobile here. Like, I'm not dismissing <laughs> the mobile market, but I'm saying <laughs> yeah. that, like, as far as like what they are doing in the console space and the okay. PC space. Yeah. This. Okay. Yeah. We might as well just mention it since I did say there were four games. Assassin's Creed Codename Jade is, quote, a AAA RPG action-adventure game for mobile platforms. That's the ancient set, China one. Set in ancient China. Okay. Yeah. That's, a uh, free, oh, that's oh, also wow. free to Oh, play. that's free to play. That's free to play. So that yeah. is, like, kind of full-on Genshin Impact style. That Apparently, is extremely in its own lane. Like Apparently, big, you create big, your own big, character, too. Like, big... Yeah, exactly. Like, that very much sounds like the Genshin, like, big sort of narrative-ish world, but free to play. Yeah. Um... There's an Ubisoft unnamed just, mobile one too that for net, the, that ties into the ne- or is Netflix. So yeah. Brad, if you still have your weird Netflix game, oh good, thing. oh good. I just um, Ubisoft seems like they're in a very strange place right now, and yeah. they have I never mean, seemed less confident. There's still two more major games here that we <laughs> yeah. haven't talked about. <laughs> yeah, but, there's there is Assassin's Creed Codename Hexa, which sounds like probably the most interesting thing on this list, which is a horror themed Assassin's Creed that Clint Hawking is directing. That is interesting to me. So, like, yeah, putting him on an Assassin's Creed game and also it being this horror witchcraft type thing sounds pretty interesting. I don't know. Watch Dogs Legion was maybe not as successful as you might have hoped, but at least it, they tried some stuff. They sure did. So maybe That's- maybe, there, maybe there'll be some of that. And then there's Invictus, which is a multiplayer, a standalone multiplayer game. Yeah. Less interested in that. Uh, yeah. And then... A lot of Assassin's Creed to come. Buckle up. Like, I, I think that was the only stuff out of Ubisoft Forward that was new, right? Everything else was like, here's a Skull and Bones trailer, and by the way, the Mario and Rabbids 2 is coming out in October, and yeah. other stuff we've talked about, and then a whole stack of new Assassin's Creed. Because it's I mean, what we have. It's a lot of Assassin's Creed. Yeah. But I think Mirage, I'm genuinely excited for, because I like that, fo- that form of Assassin's Creed. I'm a little worried because I'm out of date in terms of my keeping up with them. I have no Odyssey. I have no oh, Valhalla. Oh, you'll be fine. Well, like this the character box. rolls over from Valhalla, but like mm. I maybe I don't need it. And I definitely am out of my animus depth in terms of what is going on there. Uh, so I, well, I don't know. I wish maybe they would just dump the animus stuff and let's just just do period pieces. Yeah. At this point. Are they really going to gin up Animus stuff for all of these games? God, I hope not. I don't know. Because if if the Animus stuff from the last few games is any indication, there there is there that is running on fumes. I think I think they screwed up by wrapping up the Desmond story in three games. I think like, I think so too. I like think they, clearly if they, they if they if they wanted the Animus storytelling to be meaningful, they should have kept that going in some fashion. It didn't have to have him in it, but it should have followed directly from that stuff. I'm really biting my tongue here. Uh, All I'm going to say is, if you want to know a little bit more about where things with Desmond ended up, Valhalla has some things to say about that. Oh, well, okay then. I, I have zero like reference for Desmond. It's more just like they had a story going, and I think they like I think they lost a lot of people when they said like, okay, that's the end of the present day stuff. 
And the problem isn't like like Layla isn't an uninteresting character. It's just that the problems they've asked her to solve are incredibly boring and not and like feel very inconsequential to the actual stories the games are telling. Uh, yeah, it feels in the weeds in a weird way. Yeah. The, uh, I almost liked uh, it better when they were just doing the weird thing where, like, you're an Abstergo employee yes. and you make fake Ubisoft games. That, that was at least interesting. That was the last, to be for the record, the last time I, like, paid attention to the Animus stuff. Mm. And, like, that was, that was like, both kind of dull because it was anonymous and also, like, at least an interesting, like, meta idea. It was a notion. They had a notion of something there. It's probably worth noting here that after Mirage, I think it's after Mirage, they said the, like, Red and Jade... Or uh, was it Hexa? Mm-hmm. It was a, those are like yes. Phase Three Assassin's Creed games. Oh, good. We're Marvel yeah. Universing this uh-huh. shit. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. All right. We got to move on. Yeah. <laughs> this is way too much talk about Assassin's I Creed. Listen, I like Assassin's Creed. Hey, they Creed. gave us a lot to work with. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I suppose. But true. also so little. <laughs> so um, maybe they will reboot some of that. Yeah. Stuff. Uh, real, real, real fast. Since we're just talking about narrative action games, uh, the Amy Hennig uh, Skydance. Skydance New Media, I think, is the name of the game's arm. Yeah, it is. Of the studio that she's running now under Skydance, the Hollywood company. Uh, they revealed their Marvel game, which seems to be a mashup of Captain America and Black Panther. Yeah. Is that, is that a comics thing? Uh, if it is, I don't know. I, I okay. know that they have teamed up at various times in the Marvel Universe, but I don't know what the timeline here Actually, is. I'd, I'd feel stupid asking that question because I assume there's like a giant matrix of like every Marvel character has teamed up with every mm-hmm. other Marvel character like at least once. More more often than not, yeah. Um, and it sounds like it's set during World War II, which sounds really interesting to me. So it's probably not going to be modern. I, well, obviously it can't be, but I guess it's going to be like earlier Black Panther because, you know, there's a lineage of Black Panthers in, yeah, in Wakanda. Yeah, this- this um this video games chronicle story speculates not they don't know but they speculate that it's the original world war ii era black panther okay i'm I'm super out of my depth with marvel stuff i don't know the history of any of this stuff and they don't show the game at all it's just a kind of tone piece little right. teaser trailer i guess there's also uh, an iron man game in the works somewhere but it also hasn't been announced i've seen a lot of rumors about that at least hmm there was that PSVR game. <laughs> no, this is something else. I, I I thought I saw... This might be one of those grub rumors that just, you know, like, found its way into my brain at some point. But I thought he said there was an Iron Man game someone was making. I would believe that. Uh, All right. Let's whip through the last of these real fast. Okay. Tekken 8 was confirmed. Tekken yeah. 8! It is... It looks real good it also looks a whole lot like a tech it's a fucking volcano man it is Mm. literally kazuya and jin fighting on a volcano in this footage they put out but it's footage from the game and it looks real good they know what you sick fucks want and you they want muscled men fighting on a volcano yeah it's uh again like this is kind of exciting that we're finally getting into a bunch of like games that are exclusive to the new hardware Mm -hmm. like like Assassin's Creed Red or whatever <laughs> that thing is called. Codename Red. And they teased this very briefly at Evo, but they didn't even put a logo on it or anything. They were just like, there was a little thing that was just like, a, hey, more Tekken maybe. And then yeah. here we are less than a month later. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not kind of of two minds on this footage. Like it absolutely it looks fantastic. Does it look wildly fantasticer than the last one did i'm not sure well tekken 7 but, looks legendarily good for the hardware that it was on is my yeah, opinion of fair. that and, and, and we haven't seen a lot of this yet to be fair but 
I don't know. I definitely think we are maybe hitting a bit of a plateau on fidelity. Maybe so, but I, the thing is, I, yeah, the thing I'm more curious about is, like, what are their gameplay hooks for this one? Because, like, 7 was the one that introduced the, like, last second slowdown in the fight, you know, that, like, you know, which which is the last hit? Which one's gonna do it? And that was, like, the hypest shit that any fighting game has introduced in years, so... And, you know, Tekken 7 is still very heavy in the competitive scene. Like, people yeah. like it certainly a lot more than, like, as good as Street Fighter Five was at EVO this year there was a long tail off mm. for that game. Whereas I feel like Tekken seven hasn't really had that. And they've, they've supported it right with DLC since yeah. it's release. I mean, all anyone wants to know is, is Akuma in this one too, because people really like playing Akuma. They put him as DLC. Him and Geese. Oh, it's Scorpion this time. They gotta really need to broaden their horizons a little bit. I, I believe in my heart of hearts that Harada would not say no to any major fighting game character appearing in Tekken. <laughs> he seems down to party. Yeah. He knows how to get uh, loose. That. Uh, no, no date on that. Um, last couple things real fast here. They are shutting down Babylon's Fall next February. They have already pulled it from sale. That's wild, man. So that's a one-year mark for that game, right? Because it came out in yes. February. That game came out this year. Yeah. And no one noticed. And the few yeah. people who did uh, notice were not happy about it. Yeah, it, it reviewed pretty poorly. It's a live service game that seemed to not succeed on any live service merits and platinum developed it didn't they yeah it's a platinum game uh i mean you know there were some like i i feel i'm a little ambivalent about these types of stories that go around occasionally it's just like uh babylon's fall has one player on steam right now like that kind of thing mm. but that was in fact the case at one point earlier this year that there was like one person playing it so it was uh, in a monthly it, fee and no, $60? Was, no, it is $60. I think it's just rotten with microtransactions. Okay. Is my understanding. And they had a big update in the works that they have canceled. Yeah. Uh, so they have suspended or canceled or removed the ability to buy the game and buy currency in the game. And they're going to give some stuff to the people who are still playing it for what they will call the final season. <laughs> and then the game will become unplayable <laughs> as you, of next February. Do you guys ever try it? No. I did not either. Okay. I kind of looked at it a little bit when it came out and saw what the word of mouth was and was like, man, I don't even want to play the live service games that I do like anymore. It was a very dirty word, to be fair. That I wasn't. That will pass. That was square. That wasn't anything to do with Amazon, right? No. No. What was the Amazon game that. Oh, the, God. New World? New was World. The one that came out or the one that the got one canceled? That came, the one that came out. New, New World. World was the one. New, New World. World was the the Amazon game that has done very well. Oh, that's done well. Okay, I, I don't know how it was doing now, but yeah, it was it was pretty huge. It when was it came out kind of busted when it launched, but it had a pretty big player base at the outset. I don't. Okay. Know if it, I have no idea where it is now. <laughs> okay. It's it's the hardest that an MMO has hit for a very long time that I've seen. Mm. Okay, I don't know if it's still a big deal or not. The user reviews on Steam sure do say mixed, which <laughs> means it's an MMO. <laughs> yeah. I bet. Because even the people who play MMOs religiously hate them. Uh, all right, last story here. The director of The Quarry, Will Biles, mm -hmm. is out there talking about his next game, which he says will be, quote, just as big as The Quarry and may not be a teen horror game. Okay. But he's still working with, within Supermassive, right? Like, he's yeah. still at Supermassive. Yeah, so he also says it will not... So he was the director of Until Dawn and The Quarry. Right. And he's saying it will not be another seven years until his next game in that vein. 
I have to imagine that producing those dark pictures games at the clip that they have been has probably streamlined a lot of their processes. They, yeah, maybe, maybe they so. have 300 people at Supermassive. Wow. Holy shit. So they okay. were just bought by um, Nordisk in July. Right. That's right. Uh, I forgot about that. Okay, you say that, and that kind of worries <laughs> me because when it got to 350 people is when Harmonix started to get a little top-heavy and things got a little weird over there. So... So I guess Nordisk had like a 30% stake over the last year, and then they just fully bought them in July. Okay. I had to look up who Nordisk was, but apparently they own Avalanche and have a 40% stake in Mercury Steam, the, the uh, Metroid oh, okay. uh, Dread people. Uh, but yeah, third, I I thought Supermassive was kind of a smaller studio. I want to say, like at least when Until Dawn came around, they were under 100 people. I, I might be wrong about that, but that's what I thought. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. 300 people seems like quite a bit. So maybe, and, and so in part of this uh, acquisition thing I was looking up, they seem pretty excited about being able to leverage some of that to get talent for the voice acting and um, uh, more resources towards these games. I'm excited. I like their games. Yeah. And he's, he's, he says the new game is a horror game, but not a teen horror game. Right. But still, uh, still very much classic horror, he says. So, <laughs> like, what are the other horror genres <laughs> what do you think this teen? is well what, i mean there's could, like straight up mon- they, what like, could they do well when i think about teen horror i think mostly about slasher movies mm-hmm, but like yeah. they could do more you know explicit like monster stuff there's like plenty of like i don't i don't know like horror is a very multifaceted thing like teen horror explicit speaks to a very specific subgenre of people who get killed yeah but it is not a genre unto itself it is usually just a part of the slasher genre or the monster genre yeah. I I hope they sure. don't go saw style horror. Stay away from that because that's yeah. That's yeah. I don't th- I that stuff is really not in favor that much these days. The quote is: "The Dark Pictures explores hundreds of variants of the horror genre. What we're looking at now, and I can't tell you exactly what it is, is a bit of a diversion away from that sort of standard, but it's still very much classic horror. Classic horror. I hope it's like um, uh, what what is the one with the the ship where everybody goes bananas? Where Sam, Sam Neil is uh. Oh, Event Horizon. Oh, yeah. Space Horror. Yeah, yeah that's thing that no one is oh, doing what now. If, oh, what if they did Space Horror again? <laughs> yeah, it's Space Horror without the kind of body horror necessarily. Oh, man. I, I, think a good, I think a good crew of seven people on a new planet from the supermassive people. Oh, yeah. It could be a good, a good a fun time. Huh. They should just remake Event Horizon, make it a video game. Fuck it. Do yeah. it. Give it to Supermassive and get yeah. Sam Neill to do it. Maybe they can get Sam Neill. Yeah. Get, I bet you get Larry Fishburne, too. Uh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in this interview, he talks about, like, they didn't think they would get David Arquette for the quarry, and yet they did. Oh, yeah. come on. You can get David Arquette. I like David Arquette just fine, but that guy's doing de- fucking deathmatch wrestling in his spare time. Like, that guy is not that busy. I, I think in that same quote, right, isn't it, doesn't he say something like, we got David Arquette, and then other people started answering our calls after, once you get, once you get, like, one. Is he, like, the Rosetta people- Stone for, like, Hollywood <laughs> casting? What is this? I think it just meant, like, hey, you know, like, David Arquette did it. Oh, really? Oh, David did it. I would have thought okay. that Lance Henriksen was the heavy hitter there. <laughs> Maybe he's the one you get in the door, and then Lance comes on top of that. Yeah. Ted I know Raimi. David. I, that game's fun. I wish that it wrapped up a little better, but that's. That's maybe more of a symptom of the kind of multiple ending stuff. than And the, the choices we made. And the choices <laughs> we made. The quarry. Good fun. I I hope they keep going with the dark picture stuff. I like the smaller stuff as well. Seems like they are. Yeah. They have another one coming out this year. Yeah, I mean, there was that like leak of key art or something that suggested they have like another, what, three or four titles or something in mind. 
And I love horror anthology. Like I appreciate, I really appreciate that approach and that framing of mm-hmm. that stuff. Even if I don't think that guy is as terrifying a narrator as Pierce Storm Stormare was in the in Until Dawn, but nonetheless, uh, but, I, but it's the, a great it's a great device. The the quarry woman was fantastic. Oh yeah, no Grace Abriski, fucking yeah. top notch. Uh, that's a lot of news. Yeah. Should we call it there for the news? Oh, yeah. Actually, I'll just mention he also mentions in this article that, like, pursuing more known acting talent is, like, a a bigger priority than ever for them. That's fun. I think think they do well by the choices they make. Like, they they seem Mm -hmm. to get it. So, that's good. Those, uh, wish them all the best of luck. All right. He he name-dropped Tom Cruise in here. Yes. I don't think they're getting Tom Cruise. No, not, not not as a goal. Something that could sink your game on the budget. What he said. What he said is, when you get somebody like Tom Cruise, that becomes what could be a budget of an entire game just on him. Mm-hmm. I, that mm-hmm. whole interview is pretty good. I enjoyed enjoyed reading it. It's like, yeah. seems pretty realistic about what those games are. Yes, that was that was an interview with Video Games Chronicle. Uh, that is the news. There are a bunch of stuff like a dragon, Assassin's Creed, Nintendo game season is upon yeah. us. Mm-hmm. Do we have any uh, emails we want to get uh, to? We got some. Why don't we keep banking them for the okay. next time? Yeah, that was a pretty dense show. We'll We're go gonna, a little more email heavy next time. If you want to send in an email, you can send them into email? Pod- podcast. podcast. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> podcast at nextlander.com. Podcast at nextlander.com. One day you'll get it right. Ah. Uh, you can send them in to us. We will put them in our queue. For when we hit the emails section, you can go check out the rest of what we've got going on over on YouTube, over on Twitch. We've got more scrap mechanicing happening. Mm-hmm. Scrap mechanicing, mechanicing happening. We've got some Gabriel Knight coming up at the end of this week. We're going to hit Splatoon 3. You heard us talk about it. Alex is going to figure out how to get us into a match. Yeah, we should gonna- probably test that out tomorrow. We're going to play that live on a stream. That's going to happen on Thursday. We've got a Never Been a Better podcast up currently with Dan Reichert and Jeff Backlar. You can catch that over on the Patreon. Got the Watchcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, where are we on the Watchcast? Uh, let's see here. I believe the episode featuring Predator is now up for our $10 and up patrons. And if you're on the free feed, our most recent Star Trek episode, the episodes uh, Dagger of the Mind and the Corvamite Maneuver, those are up for everybody. And you can catch one Dan Ranker to give his Predator thoughts. First time he's ever seen it. Yeah. It's a surprise. Just kidding. It's not the first time. Uh, Again, WatchCast, not where we watch together with everybody. We have watched the movie previously. No, watch your damn self. (laughs) They give our thoughts on it uh, with you. Uh, you can check all of that stuff out again over on uh, uh, on Twitch, on YouTube, or on the Patreon, where you can go over and find a tier to support us. Some fun content on there, like the Never Been a Better podcast. You can go get the Watchcast early. You can get the video version of the Ramblecast out there. Find a tier that's right for you. All your support helps make all of this possible. And there is one tier on the Patreon which gets a shout out on this here podcast and Alex Navarro. What tier is that? That is the mysterious benefactor tier. And who is in our mysterious benefactor tier for this week? 
You're about to find out, and I'm actually, I switched up the order, because uh, I got tired of reading them all in the same order. So Fantastic. here we go. I've made the first name alphabetical. Here we go. Our mysterious benefactors are Alex Wu, Andrew Jackson, Andrew Slosky, Andrew Tiebkin, Brian Murphy, Brian Lucier, Bunny Crimes and the Return to Work Blues, David Campos, Edward Cheek, Evan Cook, Farm RPG, Gary Pejski, It Me JP, JM, Jad Rita, James Smith, Jerry Lee, John Hubbard, John McInnes, John Richardson, Kevin Villato, Conrad Kuzman, Mark Allenbach, Mark Wilhelm, Matt Clements Jr., Matthew Herrig, Peter Reardon, Randy Duax, Razgriz2, Robert Fisher, Sean Miller, Skywarp, Statics, Steve Lynn, Thomas Lynn, Trevor and Adrian R., Tyler Treese, Vinny's Giant Booga Boogas, and Vornak. Thanks again to our mysterious benefactors, and thanks again to all of our supporters, whether on Patreon or anywhere else listening to this podcast. Remember, you can listen to this. You can also listen to the Watchcast if you want through the same mysterious podcast app catcher that you have. Whatever whatever you're using. What do you got? There. I don't know. I don't know. I just use the one that comes on my phone because I'm an old man. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've heard there's a lot out there. Uh, and you can, you can plug true. in RSS feeds to them and deliver podcasts right to you. Uh, anything else going on? Glad to nah. be back. Good to be, good to be, good yeah. to be here. Good to, oh, you know what? Um, uh, Drew and I, uh, just did a stream. Drew was doing his bike for MS, uh, yearly bike charity stream. You can go catch that over on the cloth map channel on YouTube. We played some Microsoft flight simulator. No, we played a game called Wolf Pack, which mm-hmm. is a uh, you and uh, a bunch of friends get together and pilot a World War II submarine. Uh, let's wow. say in the vein of a DOS boat. That sounds and, awesome. And it was really interesting. And uh, then we tried to get back into our yearly check-in with uh, uh, Star Citizen and uh-huh. and see where it's check-in when see where Star Citizen. And you can find all of that on drew's uh, cloth map channel and donations are still open if you want to help donate to the bike ms charity that is going to do it for today's podcast tune in next week for more the video hey we're just popping the cork i'm sure on this video game news i'm sure more is once it starts coming like this folks it just doesn't stop it doesn't stop uh, so tune in next week to see what's going to happen. Brad and Alex, glad to see you both again mm-hmm. here on the Next Lander Podcast. Listening, glad to be uh, contemporary, back in your ears, uh, recent at uh, in situ. You have you have caught us in the moment, right now, right now, right now, right now, right now, right now, now, now. Uh, thanks for trying, trying to remember what the next line of the song is. Uh, right here, right now, watching the world become oh. our history. Different, different, oh. <laughs> very different song than I was thinking of. Right here, right now. Okay. <laughs> I'm not doing Jesus Jones with you, man. We're not right doing that. Become history. Don't want to wait till tomorrow. Why put it off another day? There you go. Anybody? Okay. There you go. Thanks, everybody. We'll be back next week. <laughs>